daddy gonna stay in school and, and graduate. You're gonna die, Klaus! You can do it! Captain Insano shows no mercy. You can do it! I love my mama very much. Now you know that. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Hello and welcome to the Sandler Pit, the podcast that, contract or no, I will not bow to any sponsor. Maybe I'm wrong on this one, but for me, the Beast doesn't include selling out. The Beast? Is that who's that? Greg Sussman? Where's that name coming out of? What's that from? It's what from am I talking film. about? It's from one of the Wayne's World films. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay, just like <laughs> who the fuck is Greg the Beast Sussman? That name's just good fallen out of my mind. That is in that's one of not, these films, I think. That's not in anything. I've just Googled it. It's nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Who's something the Beast Sussman? Jeff the Beast Sussman was in King of Queens. Yes. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that was Adam Sandler. Wow. Oh, Look at you bringing it back. But no, it is me. not just... from a Adam Sandler film in the slightest. It's from Wayne's World or Wayne's good. World 2. I don't know which one. I just, I just saw it on Google and I thought I'd go with it. Jesus, we really have just let the <laughs> the wheels why? turn now. Are we, why are we bothered doing anything now? We don't need to stick to the format. So uh, I'm Luke, this is also Luke, and this is The Sandler Pit, a podcast where we uh, watch and talk about every single Adam Sandler film or TV show or appearance, and sometimes things that he's barely involved in. What are we doing this week? Well, here's the reason why I did a Wayne's World quote. It's because we're covering the film The Master of Disguise, which is a 2002 American adventure oh. comedy starring Dana Carvey, who plays Garth. I completely forgot Dana Carvey. Not only was in this film, but it's also in Wayne's World. That he exists. Well, you it's thought just I was mis- just doing it just for the... the I the thought you just it. lost your mind and were like, fuck it, nothing matters anymore. Everything connects. Everything's wow. for a reason. Oh, God. So this is... It looks very bad. I don't know what it's about. Dana Carvey obviously was an SNL guy and he's like, well, he's a master of disguise. What's more to say? We famously, during this whole podcast, haven't enjoyed really many of the films that aren't Adam Sandler led. We, there's no. been a few that have been okay, but like the Saturday Night Live connection for us, it's just a blind spot or like an angle of things that we're not particularly keen on. And this film looks exactly like one that is just, we're going to say it's a collection of sketches. Yeah, I'm almost like certain of it. Oh God, it, every image looks terrible. I saw something before you suggested doing this. It was like a review of it on Letterboxd. So I'm not 100% sure if it's like true, but it's also the top trivia on IMDb. Have you seen the picture of Dana Carvey and he's like in a big turtle outfit? He's like a turtle man, yeah. Yeah, and he looks ridiculous. And he looks like RuPaul. <laughs> he does look like RuPaul. <laughs> but apparently when they were filming that scene, uh, they were filming it on September 11th, 2001. <laughs> and when word of the terrorist attacks reached the set, the cast and crew observed a moment of silence. While he was dressed like that. Like he's dressed like a big fucking turtle. Oh my god. That's probably funnier than anything that's in this film. I feel like that is my exact sense of humor as well. <laughs> that <a> very <laughs> ridiculous looking man being all mournful and sad. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like it could be the best ever Saturday Night Live sketch if that show had the balls to do something like that. Yeah. 
SNL don't have any balls. They wouldn't dare do any any good hard-hitting comedy like, like that. Yeah, have you seen what he's film, called? What, Dana Carvey's character? Let me have Pistachio a look. Disguise-y. <laughs> Pistachio right, Disguise-y. All right, maybe I was wrong. That is funny. That's funny. Pistachio Um, Is this a kid's film or what? I feel like it's going to be a film that looks like it's for kids, feels like it's for kids but also has like wanking jokes in it or something. Ooh, interesting. Because I'm saying the exact opposite. I think it's going to be so toothless <laughs> and boring that it's it's definitely a kid's film, but no kid would enjoy it because there's no tooth to it and it's just dull and lazy. Okay, it's a PG. <laughs> it's a PG, exactly. Oh, no. The British Board of Film Classification gave it a PG, but it did have to cut seven seconds of material because it was dangerous and imitable technique that had a series of headbutts. <laughs> fucking virgins. <laughs> the fucking BBFC bunch of twats. Could you imagine <laughs> you go to watch this film? It's like, oh, it's a 12A, so like, there might be a bit of like something rude in it. And it just says on like the classification thing that comes up before you watch a film, you just like mild sexual reference or something this is like mild headbutting <laughs> a series of headbutts that's so sh- fucking shit man <laughs> everyone knows like headbutts <laughs> i know imagine that's basically saying like a kid at under 12 would be that impressionable that they'd see a headbutt and be like oh okay I'll, i could do that <laughs> i hate the bbfc i've just um, seen um something should i tell you yeah. Go on, fuck it. It doesn't matter. Celebrities as themselves, Michael Jackson. Oh no, it's Michael Johnson. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Who's Michael Johnson? The sprinter. The fu- Michael Johnson, the sprinter. That's saying Michael Jackson. Oh my god. Like literally, the celebrities as themselves is so shit. It's Keenan Thompson. It's like that guy would do fucking anything. Oh yeah, <laughs> doesn't he's matter. in everything, isn't he? Bo Derek, who cares? Michael Johnson, who cares? Jessica Simpson, again, will do anything. Jesse Ventura will do anything. That's the worst lineup of celebrities I've ever seen. I think it's pretty good. But yeah, I think this is going to be horrendous. Yeah, me too. It's, but at least it's only 80 minutes long. Uh, the cameo bit's just going to be he's disguised as them as well, do you think? I don't know. I don't know how good this guy is at disguise. He's but... the master of disguise. How Pistachio good... Disguise or whatever. <laughs> it's literally his name. You know, like when there's oh. a thing like Danger's my middle name, Disguisey is his surname. Ugh, that's so shit. All right, so who wrote the reason and why? Oh, Dana, Dana Carvey, Carvey wrote did. and Harris Goldberg. I've, I have no opinion of Dana Carvey, you know, and I've seen him in a few things. He was in what Little Nicky? Yeah, he was Whitey Duvall in Little Nicky, and he did a testimonial in Sandy Wexler which is the film that, for some reason, we've referenced so many times, despite being incredibly forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> he was the camp director in Hotel Transylvania 2. He was in Jack and Jill. And I think this this film absolutely fucked his career. Like there's a big jump. Like he didn't do a film for eight years. Oh, and then it was just a short film. He didn't have a he's never had a, another film appearance since this. That he's, isn't a cameo or a voice. It's really sad, actually. Yeah. His Wikipedia page has a whole section that says after the master of disguise. Oh. <gasps> You know how like oh. actors usually have like, oh, after their breakout role, yeah. 80s to 90s, whatever, just after the Master of Disguise. And that's the end of his of his um, career section. That is really sad. 
yeah, after the master of disguise, he withdrew from the limelight to focus on his family. The biggest tragedy of all. The, the disguisey family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's sad. Like he's he does a very good impression of Whitey Duvall, and I'm sure he's great in Wayne's World, but I just haven't seen it. So was um, he ever like a lead actor in other things though? No, but he was quite big on SNL, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, but quite a lot of people are big on SNL for a brief time, aren't they? I yeah, you try the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame because I I do like him in Wayne's World, but that's about it. I think Full Garth yeah. was quite a fun character, but it just is what it's, it is, isn't it? It's what it is. Yeah. Um, the reason we're doing this film is because Adam Sandler produced it. By the way, that's because otherwise I I would not ever watch this or talk about it. Would you not? Why would I? <laughs> what are you talking about? I love it's watching, a... like, the, the ones that say they're the worst films ever made. I actually do quite like watching them. Yeah, like, Bulletproof, people said, was, like, terrible. and That was was actually okay. No, but so... it's not like that, though. It's it's the ones where it says it's the worst films ever made. Like, right. the, like room, the Room, Birdemic, Bucky Larson. <laughs> we've, wa- pro- we've watched three of these in a row on the Wikipedia list. Bucky Larson, Jack and Jill, and That's My Boy. And I'd say one out of those is incredible. <laughs> filmmaking it's all right <laughs> the problem is is like you watch it with your wife so you got kind of get to laugh at it i watch it alone in like the middle of the night it's so miserable watching these awful films alone man it's so yeah. terrible it is like i would a... never ever make one of my friends sit down and watch this shit with me i do you think to make it's my... like a communal thing though like it's quite a laugh to do it with your mates to watch like something quite bad yeah, I think so sometimes. But when I'm like writing notes and shit, it just makes me look like a fucking sociopath. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's a all. weird balance there. Yeah. But like on this list, like Cats, one of my favorite cinema experiences was watching that film with my wife and Joe and his girlfriend. We just laughed our way through it. We sang for the Rum Tum Tugger. We loved Jason Derulo. Probably one of James Corden's best films. But like it was noticeably <laughs> bad, but it was a fun watch. Yeah, you're right. I've not, I've still not seen Cats. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I've I've seen a few. Now. I don't know. I tried watching Deuce Bigelow with my housemates, and they all fucking left the room. They were all so fed up. That's like you need to get friends that are more fun, though. Yeah, I do. That's it. Anyone who's my friend who's listening to this, I need a better one than you. <laughs> <laughs> the <me>. Whoever you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, Any cool. friend who's listening to this, I need a better version of you <laughs> in my life. Well, right now, like not counting when this episode goes out, I'm the only person hearing it. So it feels like you're like indirectly oh, attacking you, attacking me. I'm sorry, but incredibly directly. <laughs> I need a better friend. In fact, no, fuck you, because the last one we recorded was "Here Comes the Boom," and you were just calling me a paedophile for an hour. <laughs> oh god, this podcast! Yeah, what has it become? Our oh, Sandler god. film well, podcast, where we're watching the classic film that no one remembers, "Master of Disguise." Oh, I think that it's going um, to be a fun watch. I hope so. I'd rather it be a fun, ridiculous, like, I can't believe they did this watch than a boring Shakes the Clown watch. Mm-hmm. That would kill me, I think. Well, the concept of it, I mean, we, we've we just said that he knows how to do disguises. I don't know what the story is. Apparently, it's an adventure comedy film. It looks like he disguises himself as, like, an old lady, a bald turtle man, the politician Ted Cruz maybe there. <laughs> I don't want to look at any of them. I want to get surprised when we actually watch the film. Either way, um, it's a terrible poster. Very naughty. Yeah, it doesn't look good at all. 
so when we watch these films, we have something called our Sandler scale. You can find that on our social media at the Sandler Pit. A list of tropes that we see in all these films, like Coca-Cola, a logo on screen, a beautiful wife or love interest, slow-mo, some other things. How do you think this will do for tropes? I reckon our, our Dana diary is going to be full of tropes. This film looks like oh. a, <laughs> it looks like an excuse to put in tropes, doesn't it? This plot. What, do you want to just make up ones? <laughs> no, I mean, like, it looks like they had this list before we ever made it and just All right, rolled a dice and were like, man dresses up as a woman or whatever, throw that in. Yeah. Bald yeah, joke, it's... throw that in. Like, it's going to be so tropey, I reckon. I, I can't, just can't gauge it. Maybe it's super boring and there's no jokes. But think of those other ones that are on that list. Like, That's My Boy and Jack and Jill were just full of shit constantly. I know Bucky Larson was a bit restrained in a weird way, but like... Yeah, we didn't see any semen flying out of his cock. So it's like, what's the point? <laughs> but also on <laughs> that, that was my was... only complaint, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was the only it. thing you disliked. You thought he was handsome and lovable, but you hated that you didn't see these semen. I didn't see a single bit of semen. Um, penis. And like on that list as well was like movie 43. And if this is a film like that. Oh yeah, that'd be funny. I wouldn't mind having something like that to talk about. As bad as that is as a film. Like if there's a guy in this that has balls on his chin, I'm there. <laughs> Isn't this, is this the furthest away, by the way, from us recording an episode to us releasing an episode of all time? Oh yeah. I think we're recording definitely. this four months in advance. <laughs> Because this is the end of you being away on your Costa Rican summer. Yeah. Uh, so at the time this gets released, I should be coming home any minute, and we well, can maybe even home already. Maybe even home already. Maybe bag. I've got. <laughs> maybe I've died out there. Damn it. Maybe I've died out there in the interim period. Maybe my genuine fear is something like Taylor Carvey dies, and we send an hour ragging on him, and then he's dead. We won't be the it. first person to do it about this film. It's on Wikipedia's worst ever list of films. Uh, let's just it ended not rag his career. Yeah, he's been punished enough by this fucking dumb film. He doesn't need our shit opinions. All right, look, I'm saying it now. We end the episode here. The film's in the castle. He gets the redemption yeah. arc that he always wanted. Hell, you know what? I wouldn't even be surprised. I'm about to watch this. It's half ten at night. I haven't even had dinner. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just about to watch this fucking eighty minute garbage. It's I wouldn't be, be surprised if we did put this in the so it's the sort of crazy antics that we get up to <laughs> <laughs> we'll see who knows uh, so uh, grab your big big turtle outfit and uh, <laughs> bow your heads in solidarity <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> the 9-11 attack it changed everything can you imagine this film was yeah. shot in sequence and after that it becomes like a drama a really dark like thing <laughs> Dear. Yeah, grab your little disguises because join us with Pistachio Disguisey. Is that his name? Yes, it is. And we're going to watch... God, I keep wanting to say the theory of everything. <laughs> it's the master of disguise. Very similar films. <laughs> I wonder if he's like, the turtle man succumbs to motor neurodisease. No, he doesn't. He becomes a famous drag queen. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to sashay away and go and watch this film. Hell yeah. Right, see you later. Bye. Listening to the Sandler Pit. Not exactly, but am I not turtly enough for the Turtle Club? And we are back. We're back. <laughs> We've um, sat through the film. I, I say film loosely. I don't know how much. <laughs> Is it a film? But we've um, experienced, shall we say, Master of Disguise, the Dana Carvey romp project. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Dana Carvey project. Yeah, that's that's a good name for it. Luke, what is the plot of this <laughs> winding epic? So there's a dynasty uh, that is established with some sort of like mythological qualities called the Disguisey family, a family which seemingly has the same kind of, I don't know, paternal lineage, a little bit like about time. <laughs> so it's all the men in, is it all the men in the family or is it just anyone from that born into that family? Pistachio's we- mum wasn't doing any disguisey stuff was she She wasn't doing any disguisey stuff and did you ever see in the past were any of them women at points but then they took their masks off and were men right so they're all pretty much men whatever so for thousands and thousands of years this disguisey family have been disguising themselves as people for some reason we'll get into that (laughs) (laughs) and then anyway there was this guy who was a disguisey papa disguisey and in like the seventies, this fucker's like dressed as a woman, and he can fly. I think it's fucking whatever. And then he's like, "I cannot make my son join this thing, whatever the fuck." So he leaves, and he raises his son in America. His first generation immigrant from Italy, son who has an Italian accent anyway, because why not? Who cares mm-hmm. anymore? And it's Dana Carvey, who's this disgusting little wimp. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and then the dad gets kidnapped by that fucker from Star Trek and hilarity ensues. Uh, what did you think of Master of Disguise? Well, it was shit, wasn't it? <laughs> the last couple of films we've watched, I've had to hesitate and be like, well, I'm a bit mixed on it. But this one, you can understand totally why this is on that list of the worst films of all time. It's a terrible looking film. It's all over the place. You can tell it's been cut to shreds because they forgot to delete the off cuts. They just chucked them in the credits. <laughs> Instead of deleting these bonus bits, they keep them in but show you them after they've happened already. It doesn't really make any sense. <sighs> There's parts where... <sighs> If we're going like really in depth on the technical level, there's like bits where they like break the line. So it's jarring to look at because the camera's just all over the shop. The performances are all horrendous. It's not funny. It tries to be funny by just referencing other things like Shrek and Scooby-Doo, which were popular films at the time. It's grating. The main performance is horrendous. So unlikable, so unfunny, so unconvincing. (sighs) I can't think of anything good about this film other than it doesn't stick around too long. But it also sticks around longer than it should because it should be a 10-minute sketch at most. But even then, it shouldn't be that. What did you think, Luke? Did you enjoy this one? Uh, No, I think (laughs) this might be the worst film I've ever seen in my whole life. And No hyperbole, no exaggeration. This is fucking devastating. Yeah, this guy doesn't say that often. He's only said it (laughs) 10 times this year. This is worse than going overboard. This is worse than The Cobbler. This is the worst mm-hmm. thing we've ever watched, ever. All right, a little peek behind the fucking curtain. We recorded uh, our Here Comes the Boom episode yesterday. We finished recording at 10.30 at night. I then immediately, straight after talking about a great Kevin James film, <laughs> for I think about two and a half hours we were speaking about that, It was a very long episode. I immediately, and I hadn't even had my fucking dinner, I immediately bought this film. I fucking bought it on YouTube. It was £2.50. I rented the fucker, an SD. I watched it, and I kept having to pause it because I had such a headache watching it. It's 80 minutes long. It took me about two and a half hours to actually watch. This is the most miserable, pathetic 
terrible, useless attempt at a film I've ever seen. Dana Carvey is terrible in this. There is a reason why he has retreated out of <laughs> the entertainment industry, because this is abysmal. I can't believe anyone allowed this to be made. This is no. insane. I think even just the fact that they made this under the guise of it being a kid's film, a PG, and there's a bit where he's fully in brown face and playing an Indian man and charming a snake by playing a flute like a saxophone. And, oh, it is rough. It's yeah. like really madly offensive. I think this is probably more offensive than any of the other ones we've watched, possibly. Yeah. This but, is racist yeah. and sexist. And this is our 69th episode. We've watched so many of these. And I, I feel like I'm kind of desensitized to a lot of the portrayals of other races and and the portrayal of women portrayal of sexuality or whatever because it happens so often i usually kind of say well it was that's just when it was made and that yeah that's kind of comes hand in hand with it and to kind of overlook it so we don't really mention it that often here this is fucking awful the way they show women and the way they show indian people and people from other races is shocking even just uh, the accents oh god the accents why is he doing an Italian accent the whole way through the film when he can't do an Italian accent? Well, I don't know. I mean, we're recording this before the Oscars, but if there's any chance that House of Gucci's <laughs> got any for performances, like it's a problem Hollywood still has. The people Have will you do seen that? That chat that, that is down to like the semi-finals for best supporting. Like it's he must have something on the Academy because he is fucking dreadful. In that film, I could believe that that was in this. Like, they're very similar. <laughs> yeah, because I was talking to my friend Andy Oates and he was saying that <laughs> Jared Leto's a piece of shit, like the way he's, he's done some things uh, mm. to women. And I was like, I've never even heard that. I googled it. James Gunn was implying that he's a paedophile yeah, three that. years ago and they've cast him in Morbius. It's yeah. like, what does this guy know about also, he, someone? Even just like, he does the, oh, I'm a method actor stuff, but like there's pictures of him walking around, I can't remember what city it is, but he's on crutches with a hood up because Morbius is disabled. Brilliant. He's yeah, we really he's need disabled. <laughs> we really need some method acting to play a fucking vampire, vampire. <laughs> superhero, you wanker oh god this is going into our little list of actors we're, we're slating yeah. publicly i'll slate <laughs> ben <laughs> mendelson <laughs> one of the worst people in hollywood ben yeah mendelson. you were really really funny so last night when at the time of recording you were going on about ben mendelson being this bad bloke yeah and then you were trying to find it what was the quote you found it was so funny yeah i was trying to find the dirt on him because i was convinced that i'd seen somewhere that ben mendelson was like a bad bloke and i i kind of found it but it was quite tenuous as you said but um it I was like him that i think he donated <laughs> money to a Blind charity for uh, after seeing kids a or something? After seeing a report on an Australian news programme about a dateables ball, a dance for special needs teens with limited opportunities to meet and socialise, he offered to pay the full cost to host another. And then my favourite, a passionate animal lover, whilst filming a door, he halted filming to make sure a stray cat made it across the street safely. Oh, mm. He sounds like a Aww. good guy, Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> He is a bit of a shit in that interview with Ali Plum. He's a bit like, why are you being so kind yeah, of bit standoffish? standoffish? 
yeah. I did see I saw a few comments that were like yeah I've heard he's a he's a dickhead and all this stuff but then like he plays a great villain so you've got to have a bit of a villainous streak in you to be that good at it so yeah he's good in and he's he is good in baby teeth even though you said it was boring he's yeah. at his acting is still his good. good yeah <laughs> I don't need everyone to be a good guy I just need them to not be a pedophile like <laughs> <Jared> <laughs> Is that too much to ask for? Oh my god! Anyway, what, we what I'm going to do in the in the edit, I'm going to blur out his name, but I'm going to keep that he plays Morbius and that he's in the House of Gucci. Yeah, that's actually quite good. Just keep blur- <laughs> do that like stupid duck sound effect over every time we mention Jared Leto. <laughs> that's so funny. That is good. Maybe I'll do it. We'll okay. see. Should we go through this film? Should we go through our notes, like chronologically, all in all, because I'm not going to oh, yeah. say I wrote down everything that happened and there's a lot that I don't remember, but I kind of feel like it'll be interesting to find out how like insane the notes are. They are so bad. My first note is, oh no. And yeah. then I had this kind of sick feeling. I knew it was going to be bad, but the fact that there's no Happy Madison, um, what do they call that? The like a little ball? animation. Yeah, yeah, the terrific. Why is that not there? Mm, there wasn't that. To be fair, didn't we find out that only got made in like 2004 or five? Maybe it was okay. pre that. okay. But wasn't in it's, some of the other ones, but like, yeah, it is quite glaring. It's, it's kind of hard to find that Happy Madison produced this. Like, it doesn't say it on Wikipedia. It says, is it, it says something like Relativity Media or maybe they tried says, to like wipe it away? Sorry, it says uh, Revolution Studios under production company, right. which is another, I don't even know. I don't know it what is they've definitely made. definitely Happy Madison, though, isn't it? You've got some of the it cameos. Is happy, so. Yeah, so they've co produced a few Happy Madisons. Uh, they made The Animal with them. Uh, right. And they made the Master of Disguise. They also did Punch Drunk Love, Anger Management, White Chicks with the Wayne <laughs> Brothers Entertainment. Great what the stuff. fuck? Nearly, if you look at their thing, nearly everything they've done is a co-production with someone else. Um, and then their last film they did was XXX: Return of Xander Cage. <laughs> so oh my god, Triple X! They really wow. are a uh, a really top-notch stuff. studio. Fucking Punch Drunk um, Love! What like a rubbish. Um, <laughs> after all those other films. My first note is, God, this feels whimsical. Doctor Strange books. The song keeps on saying, I wish you could come. Do you remember that? God, it's going to be fun. I wish you could come. That's the lyric. It just keeps on saying I wish it. you could come. I wish you could come. So it's about a man um, who can't ejaculate. So remembering this film is only 80 minutes long, the opening <laughs> titles take three minutes uh, of an animation of a book flipping. And I'll give it that. The animation was all right. Like It was fine, it was but fine. like... It lasted so long and it was so boring. The joke sort of thing was that there was like three segments on a page and they kept changing. So it was like when you do that thing when you're younger and you draw like a head and then you fold the page over and pass it on someone, they draw the body, then they give it back and someone else draws the legs. But God, it went on for ages and I didn't take any notes of what was on there. Me neither, but I remember thinking the drawings are okay. The animation's fine. Like I feel so bad for the animator who had to kind of, who probably got handed some notes and it said like, oh, this film's The Master of Disguise. It's based in this historical mystery or whatever. You've got to kind of visually show this. And they do a kind of creative job, and it's linked to this piece of shit. Yeah. So I want to give a bit of kudos to the whoever did that. I'm not going to research it. But it is rough that's... when you think about people like having to... Like, this film is shit. The costumes lead to a lot of, like, racism and stuff. But, like, people had to work on making him look like a turtle and all that shit. Like... That turtle costume's quite good. It's just a shame <laughs> that the what he's doing in the costume is so bland and mm, And just the terrible. 
Yeah. So then it opens with a flashback, which is one of our usual tropes. And it is mm. Bo Derek, who I didn't recognize or know. I just know that name. She's running away from a mansion of like, I guess, gangsters or something. And then she flies. And the film has a screenshot moment where it pauses on her face and then the voiceover says, this is my son. Yeah, it does the record scratch thing. Um, Yeah, it's... uh, Yeah, slow-mo flying woman, my son, she can fly. Mm -hmm. Um, She flies like a dragonfly, doesn't she? She puts her arms up and her sort of dress makes her glow like Batman. It's so weird. And then she gets in the car and takes off the mask. uh, It's like a Mission Impossible style mask. But later on, they establish that they can morph their face. Yeah, they can sort of shake it off, can't they? They can shapeshift. So why is it a mask in general? How do they make whatever? It's all different things, though. There's there's different levels. There's 7,000 levels to be in a Master of Disguise, apparently. Is this? <laughs> do you think this whole thing is a response to Mission Impossible? Because this film's full of film parodies. I don't know. Probably. If so, didn't is. Mission Impossible come out in 1996? So this is kind of a bit... Yeah, but this late. has a Forrest Gump parody in it and a Chariots of Fire parody and a Rocky parody. and A Jaws, pa- oh. a Jaws parody. Yeah, they're not... Wait till we get to that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got a single note about that bit, so I'm glad that you've got some feelings oh. about it. <laughs> then we're shown like, yeah, he leaves the faith <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, there's a montage. Leaves the disguise. Why would you? leave it seems like it, pulling hijinks it, it must get knackering <laughs> must get knackering doing those hijinks he has a son and then the son is a little fucking nerd yep played by cole and dylan sprouse did you notice that yeah. yes i did notice that but straight away when it's born they're like oh you could tell the pistachio jeans were there and but fucking disguise your jeans and the baby's just slapping the doctor in the face yeah but what also the they're saying that the jeans are there, but it's like a clearly American guy who's got blonde hair and blue eyes and stuff. I don't know how many Italians have that. Yeah, so we the main people in the family, we've got the mum and dad, and then we've also got the grandfather. None of them look like Dana Carvey. None of them look particularly Italian either, though, do they, I suppose? No. Why were they Italian? Just for the name, I reckon. Lazy. Why? I don't think anyone would have cared if he'd have had an English, an American accent. They just think it's him. funny, don't they? Obviously, doing It's a, not doing a funny. Voice. The, well, we the know that, gripe, but they, they the, this is going to be a hit. The, the big gripe I've got with this film, and I've got many, but one of the big ones is the film basically is set on the predicate that this guy is great at impersonating people. And I'm thinking of like Peter Serenowicz, uh, Steve, <laughs> Jesus, I fucked that name up bad. Peter Serenowicz. Peter Serenarowicz, isn't it? Just say it, if you say it quickly, it kind of doesn't matter. We know who you're talking about. I can't, I can't say it. My mouth doesn't let me. Peter Serenarowicz. 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 Peter Serenarowicz. Peter Serenarowicz. I think it's Serenarowicz, isn't it? I don't care. So he is fucking great uh, impersonations. I think of Steve Coogan, Rob Brydon, uh, some comedians like that. Yeah, but if this film was just yeah. a guy running around doing Ronnie Corbett impressions, that would... It would I mean, be annoying, be yeah. Good. But at least those people can impersonate other actors and do an all right Jim job. Jim Carrey? Dana Carvey can't do fucking anything. Oh, yeah, with those people, at least they can, like, impersonate. I'm assuming Dana Carvey on SNL was an impersonator. He could impersonate other celebrities or politicians. Or mm. This guy can't do fucking anything. His impersonations are terrible. His impressions are awful. Mm. So what's the point of making this film? Yeah, because you've got to think there's a bit where he does Shrek and Donkey. That's the worst Shrek impression I've ever heard. Yeah, and he's in Wayne's World with Mike mm. Myers and all that, isn't he? So, And we would have worked with Eddie Murphy, I'm assuming, as well. 
Yeah, he was, wasn't he? If he wasn't a cast member, he would definitely have been a host at some point, surely. Or yeah. they'll have crossed paths. But particularly Mike Myers, who he's worked with on multiple films, mm. that is the shittest impression of that character I've ever heard. And especially yeah. in this film where the whole point of his character is that he, he's the master of disguise. He can impersonate anyone. And if they'd have established that he's bad at it and he was born bad and that's why his costumes are shite compared to his dad and his granddad like he's the black sheep of the family he can't disguise himself properly his impressions are bad i'd have been able to buy into it more but you want the film in canto but with disguisey hell yeah i'd have loved One that, that. Doesn't have a gift because <laughs> dana carvey doesn't have a gift in this film i think you're right he is really bad in this and like it does kind of seem like that's the joke that he's just doing a lot of like offensive stuff but it's a kid's film and he's supposed to be the hero and everyone else falls for his disguises he's so meek and irritating as well like well we'll get into it we're going by chronologically at the moment we're still at him as a child do you have any notes about that because i don't i've got one note that i wrote later on when they repeated one of the scenes a couple of times in the credits that there's one bit where he gets He's a little boy. It's Cole Sprouse or Dylan Sprouse. And he like does an experiment in the Bunsen burner and he like blows up or whatever and comes back up and he's bald. So they actually did that effect using twins, which I think is fine. I think that's quite good. I've got a note that's... saying it's just like last night in Soho. <laughs> yeah, last night in Soho learned a lot from this. It really bothers me, the Italian accent. Like they established early on that he's lived his whole life in America and he's parents obviously have escaped Italy to escape this legacy of the disguises or whatever but why would he have a strong Italian accent yeah he'd have a lilt wouldn't he if anything yeah he'd have a slight accent but um they didn't even show him being homeschooled or anything they show that he had a upbringing where he went to an American school and stuff so you'd think he'd have got the accent from them but exactly oh he's a master of disguise that's why he picks up everyone else's accents all right so he's picked up his parents accents for his entire life and that's it he doesn't have his own identity whatsoever yeah he's like a play-doh man he's like a (laughs) book of clay that can be shaped by that around him so i've got a note that says for fuck's sake they're playing walking on sunshine already (laughs) (laughs) too early in the film to play that song any time in a film playing that is too early. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that when he's outside with the kid and he meets this stupid child? No, he's sort of walking through his house and stuff, sees his mum's arse and he like licks his lips. Yeah, that's it. So there's a big incest kind of storyline in this that everyone in the disguise family really fancies women with big, big bottoms. What do you think of that? Well, I don't like it. It's a bit weird. Because <laughs> it's just his mum. Damn it, I was trying to catch you out. Never mind. <laughs> I love uh, it. No, I loved it. <laughs> no felt so represented. <laughs> yeah, he loves a big bum. Because it is a PG as well. He does keep just saying bottom as well, doesn't he? Like you said. Yeah, it's not nice. So because it's a PG... He, he's got these kind of set there's a sexual undertone to it about fancying ladies with big big asses but they have also tried to make it kind of child friendly so he seems quite childlike doesn't mm-hmm. he like throughout the film it's kind of he plays it like he's 10 but he's also meant to be 40 very creepy yeah and he he fancies his mum but then he has love interests but i'm like you sh- can't like you're these women are older than you and you're a child <laughs> yeah, like, this is not right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is fair I, I didn't really think about it in that light but you're right he does seem like a child in a 80 year old man's body <laughs> so his parents like own a 
what, an Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. The mum's only character trait is that she loves cooking and she's also stupid as shit. Yeah, and she's got a big bum. <laughs> she's got a big, big ass, and she's dumb as fucking shit because she gets kidnapped later on and she doesn't even know she's being kidnapped. They, yeah, for they days, re- she's just cooking but, something with some flour. Yeah, for literally maybe a year. <laughs> <laughs> she's just in her kitchen. They don't think about the time scale of this film because, yeah, the, the mum gets kidnapped and that's why the dad has to become the lackey for this evil criminal. But then whilst this is going on, Pistachio has to train as a master of disguise, which looks like it takes months. Mm. They have to hire an assistant. That looks like it takes weeks. They have to go to all these parties and slowly learn to know each other, which looks like it takes months as well. Yeah. But also it seems like she's been kidnapped for maybe 24 hours. And he seems to mostly mention more about getting his his dad back than his mum as well. Oh, yeah, because who gives a shit about your mum? It's it's only important that you get your disguising powered dad back. Do they even save the the mum at the end? That's a very good point. I don't think they do. She's no, dead. She's just, she remains in that kitchen, just constantly cooking. All she's they got to eat is flour in that room. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to a restaurant where everyone wears a red vest? No. It's always um, in films and American films and stuff, but I've never been to a restaurant like that. Yeah, me neither. Um, I mean, it didn't look massively out of place in this film, which had the colour palette of sick. Yeah. <laughs> It reminded me so much of that um, Cat in the Hat film with Mike Myers. It's the exact same tone as that. And it's very much A couple so. of other horrible noughties films. Ugh, I hate the feel of this. That It's like seeping out like pus out of a fucking spot. Like trying to escape the 90s but bleeding into the noughties. It's full of like Destiny's Child rip-off songs. And it's my least favourite time, even though I grew up in this time. Me I hate too. This. And you know what makes me sick is I have a Letterboxd account. And I, I reviewed it last night like one and... The morning when I finished it, well, like one or two in the morning, I gave it like half a star. I was like, this is the shittest film I've ever seen. And the amount of reviews, which are quite positive because of nostalgia and people saying, oh, I love this when I was a kid and it's so fun. Like, I'm like, are you on crack? Are you on crack cocaine? This is proper. Like if if a kid saw this, they probably are the sort of people that like, I don't know, wear masks on their chins. (laughs) (laughs) Those sort of people, you know? You're super old. And I've watched Cat in the Hat like as a kid and I remember not minding it, but also I never want to see that again. That was like sick. (laughs) Yeah, I quite liked it as a kid because it was stupid and it had like rude jokes hidden in a kid's film. But like, I've watched stuff back of it and I'm like, this is fucking dreadful. Yeah, the scene with the uh, the Lancashire chef was quite funny. That's the <laughs> only good scene in the film. And the bit when he says, you dirty hoe, and he's holding the garden hoe. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. That's pretty good. Do you think as a kid you'd have liked Master of Disguise? I mean, as a kid, I liked Juice Bigelow, so yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I was a right critical, cynical little kid. I was a right miserable bastard. I used yeah, to, I, really I used to like. Wasn't. I used to write film reviews in a little notebook when I was like seven. <laughs> I was uh, so miserable. No wonder you a... turned out this way. <laughs> no wonder I had no friends. <laughs> I was little. I was like pistachio disguise of fucker. Writing about how good it, evolution was or whatever it's called. <laughs> I was like, evolution is actually really, really fucking underrated. <laughs> so is Annabelle's Wish and <laughs> all the hits. So he trips over in one of many comedy falling over moments. The little kid falls over as well that he meets outside. Don't need yeah. to say much about that kid because he just 
wasn't good, sadly. The kid is so bad at acting. I don't want to be horrible. I try and avoid being too horrible to these kids because they're, no, they're just given what they're working When have I been horrible to any of the kids? You're like, oh, I fucking hated that kid. Apart from the one in Just Go Vid that is arguably the worst one. <laughs> I like the kid in Just Go Vid. I like the kid in uh, Spanglish. She was the best part of the film. Yeah, I'm, and the, the kid I'm in forgiving. Here Comes the Boom as well was good. But I like the kid in Here Comes the Boom. But yeah, this kid is is bad, bless him. He is so bad. He has a, such a funny line when his mum gets kidnapped. I did. I think that's the only laugh I got in the film. What does he say? He says something like, uh, my mum's missing, but I found this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. It's proper like the kid who plays Anakin in the first Star Wars. It's that kind of like dead delivery. Yeah, a little but, bit. But at least this kid's probably been like hidden away from the fame <laughs> and the spotlight, like unlike yeah. poor Jake Lloyd, poor little poor bastard. Guy. As well, it is probably down to bad directing. Like yeah. looking at everything in this film, because he's not surrounded by good performances. His mum is fucking dreadful as well. She's arguably the worst in this, I would say. Um, yes, that I'd woman. say she's just like, "You want me to do this?" And she's like constantly moving her head and going, "Huh." Huh? Uh? <laughs> like her eyebrows and squinting her eyes and moving her head around. And I had a moment where I realized I couldn't absorb anything she said. Like I was hearing words, they were just traveling straight through my ears, out of my brain. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't absorb any information that she delivered. It I think she very... probably has the hardest job because she has to play a normal person opposite all this craziness. But like, she doesn't do it very well. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. In this scenario, you need the straight person to be very clear and concise with what they're doing. I don't know if this is like a, a great example of it, but you know, like Courtney Cox in Ace Ventura. So oh, I've, Ace Ventura seen, I've seen it, but I can't really remember it that well. I never really liked well, it that much. Well, Ace Ventura is like this ridiculous, wacky, stupid character. And mm. then you've got Courtney Cox, who's just normal and is trying to do the work out this crime that's happened. And it's just... Yeah the straight person to to Jim Carrey who's going crazy but they also have some level of chemistry where you're like when they have sex I don't feel sick <laughs> I don't feel <laughs> sick to my stomach that the idea of these two like going out doesn't horrify me like it does here yeah whereas this little cartoon man having sex with this normal woman is a bit weird isn't it it's disgusting he sh- not only is he a like a whiny awful lame ugly Racist useless meek pathetic little man Mm -hmm. but he's also like a bad guy like he's not a nice dude so why the fuck would i ever want to see him succeed but i i then see him he gets the girl Mm -hmm. the most unearned way i've ever seen the mad thing is as well though he has all of those points that you just mentioned but he's also not a character no he he doesn't do anything really but yeah he falls over in the restaurant drops spaghetti on people's heads then grates cheese on him and says you like oh, that. That's when I had to pause it and like leave the room. That's about 12 <laughs> minutes in. I know. Someone, says, someone says they want man-sized meatballs. He copies their accent and then he talks about the voices in his head. So we find out he's schizophrenic. Um, yes. He's got a woman that he fancies who doesn't like him back. She calls him pistachios with an S on the end. Um, mm. Then his dad gets kidnapped, slaps them. The slapping's just a bit jarring, isn't it? Because we don't know the origin of that yet, but we will find out. Yeah. So much um, happens and so little happens. So, yeah. Because that's it. Every time I looked away from the screen for a second, something ridiculous was happening. There was a new waiter. I recognised that guy. Who was he? 
He's called Rex. I think that's his character name. I think, no joke, I think he's a police officer in the film Evolution. <laughs> Hang on, <laughs> give me a second. What it's was like his name? Similar times and stuff, isn't it? Rex. I think he was off, uh, New Way to Rex or something. I think he kept saying. New Way to Rex. Uh, we've got Jay Johnston. Okay. Jay Johnston was in the, the sh- Mr. Show with Bob and uh, he was in Men in Black 2. Oh, no, he wasn't in it. Oh, wow. He's in Act. He was an anchor man. He was in Tenacious D. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> I was really sure. <laughs> this is on a, do you know this film's on a streaming service that you can watch through Prime Video that's called Pongolo Next. <laughs> <laughs> Pongolo. What is that? Um, he can't be. So his dad, Fabrizio, gets kidnapped. His dad is played by James Brolin, the father of Josh Brolin. Which oh, really? Is, okay. Yeah, bewildering. He's not particularly bad in this, but you just sort of wonder why he's in it. Yeah, he doesn't look like um, Pistachio. He doesn't. He doesn't really have any chemistry with him or his wife or, with or the his villain. dad or with the villain. He's just Devin yeah. Bowman, who's who's also very very bad in this. Who the villain? Yeah, he has that running joke that he laughs and then farts. Yeah, so he's played by Brent Spiner, who is in Star Trek: The New Generation. He's that weird robot man. I don't, I don't know, know his I name. Seen it. What's he? Data. Hang on. Data. I'm uh, sure that this guy is probably good in other things. I'm sure there's probably people in this that are good in other things, but like in this, they are all particularly bad, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brent Spiner is appalling in this. Uh, and like you said, his main character trait, which I think they do five times, is that every five. time he laughs, he farts. About 500, mate. They do that so often. There's a bit where he goes underwater at the end and he farts and loads of bubbles come up and... Yeah, and he's running and laughing and farting multiple times. Um, yeah. Really it's never funny. It's never funny. Really bad. I wrote down, so there's a bit where he gets kidnapped and I write, oh my God, they've been kidnapped in Tim Burton's Gotham. What's with the look <laughs> of the, the, oh, the man. town? If we, yeah, if we're going to go into even more detail, like the sets in this film are so obviously fucking sets all the time. No matter what they do, it always looks like a film set. It looks like when you go to Disneyland and there's a fake version of New York and there's like a stoop yeah. that everyone sits on. It looks like that. It's so shit. But, w- but with a more stylistic director, like a Tim Burton type, particularly around like the 90s and stuff, that'd be all right. It'd look kind of... I don't know. When you watch the Tim Burton Batman films, those films it look fits. weird. They, it fits the tone so well. Hmm. Um but here, it looks like a big pile of sick. It, look, it <laughs> looks like they're at a theme park. Like the angles of the of the road that their restaurant is on are always like bird's eye view as well, like the old Grand Theft Autos. It's always like from the top down of the restaurant. And mm. you just see like these like taxis come rolling in that look like model cars and shit. Like, oh, it looks fucking dreadful. So shit. Um, so then the grandfather arrives and he's like, we need to find your parents. Um, he arrives whatever. to an exorcist parody. Yes, what, for no reason. He is not doing any exorcism. The problem with these references is that they're just references. They're no jokes. There's no comedy stemming from them. It's just, oh look, do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Do you remember let's, this thing that happened in a film? Let's release a PG kids film in 2002 with a reference to a really scary horror film from the 70s that got fucking banned. Yeah, <laughs> one the for the parents. Really appreciate maybe. That. 
It's I mean, I'd say that the bits in like Shrek that parody it that obviously came out at a similar time are fucking great when they parody other films. But in this, they're so crap. But the if we if we're going that way, there's I think there's a when you talk about intertextuality in films, when you talk about referencing like other media and stuff, it can't just be surface level. Oh look, this is that thing that you remember. It has to have a joke, like with. You mentioned Shrek, like they have the bit with the Matrix, but that comes after like a, a good fight scene, good mm. character moments and stuff. And then they do something with it. And I'm thinking of, did you watch Space Jam A New Legacy? No, not yet. <laughs> Fuck Can't me, that is it. absolutely atrocious. And that does the same, it just references, because obviously the plot is based around what the Warner Brothers characters mm. exist in the Warner Brothers interface or whatever. So you've just got Looney Tunes doing a scene from a film. So you have like Roadrunner running past the cars in Mad Max Fury Road. And then you have the granny. Ugh, God, it makes me sick to say it. The <laughs> granny like is trying to do something. And then they do a Matrix reference where that stupid Mexican rat like shoots at her. And she oh, does God. the the granny because get it because she's an old woman. That's the joke. It's so shit and surface level. And this film does the fucking same. It's terrible, yeah. but worse because they're all done so fucking poorly. How did this but film get so the licensing? <laughs> How did this get the licensing to the songs though? Like the Exorcist theme song and Chariots of Fire and Eye of the Tiger and shit. Like it's got everything. Yeah. It's not even just like. A library version of it. It's not like a ripoff version. It's the actual songs. I have no idea. I can only assume that Dana Carvey knew some. He's like Jack Blair. He just knows stuff about people. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's blackmailing way through Hollywood. He'll um he'll disguise himself as these people and go out and do heinous acts. <laughs> oh God. So anyway, we the grandfather arrives and we're introduced to the the disguisey family through time. So one person disguised themselves as a statue to stop a castle being robbed. One of them was there when George Washington was trying to chop down a tree, mm. I guess is something in American history, whatever. Then we have this moment where Abraham Lincoln, the disguises, helped him get elected president. First of all, why the fuck are they in America at that time if they're an Italian family? Whatever. Secondly, the way that the disguises... Also, he doesn't look like Abraham Lincoln. No, it's like, just Dana Carvey again, isn't it? Just Dana Carvey again. So why does Dana? Why do the grandfather and the father? Ah, oh, why do the grandfather and the father turn into other people perfectly? But Dana Carvey just becomes Dana Carvey in a wig. Yeah, but also that's not that's not pistachio. That's someone else because it's hundreds that's of years ago. His, his ancestor and He's so stupid. <laughs> Lincoln dances to move it, and that gets him elected. Yeah, person. from Madagascar. I I can't believe this film didn't have the crazy frog song in it. Like it's got <laughs> every did. shit ringtone from the two thousands that everyone had on like their little Nokia's. Uh, is crazy frog like more British though? Is that an English thing? I don't know. It's thingy, isn't it? Axle F or whatever it's called. But yeah, maybe it was British. I don't know. Like, because that was massive when we were kids, but I fucking hated Crazy Frog. <laughs> I've always hated him. I think they're trying to reboot him, aren't they? They're trying to bring him back slowly. I really, yeah, Crazy Frog Resurrections in cinemas now. I, I hated it. I, hate, I loved him. I, hate, <laughs> I hated the Crazy Frog, like, cinematic universe they were establishing with all those shitty mobile people. And they, oh, I think they made God. a game. Did they make Crazy Frog Racing? I think so, yeah. Let me, remember, let me do you remember Google when it. he had the penis? Yeah, he had a massive cock, didn't he? <laughs> I would say massive, but you had a penis. Oh, here we go. Crazy Frog Racer on Nintendo DS and PS2. I wonder who the racers were on it. 
European and Australian only video game. So uh, not okay. maybe Crazy Frog isn't American. We'll look it up if you're American and listening to this episode and you want some context. He's just and, uh, a frog play- that used to race around the city. Players race as annoying thing, an animated character. So his name is Annoying Thing, but it got changed to Crazy Frog, and he's Swedish. <laughs> I'm glad we're finally getting the backstory. <laughs> In 2020, a Twitter account for the character was created, a Facebook profile, and a YouTube channel, and a new album was announced on the same day. Oh, brilliant. And a new single was released a month ago, d- December 10th, 2021, called Tricky. Is that Run DMC, do you think? Yes. God. What is going on? Can you with do Crazy it? Frog? Can you do the crazy frog for everyone? He's <laughs> got the motorbike handles. He's going to do it. It's like that, right? Yeah, like that, but for ages. Can you do it? Well, no, I can't. You've just done it. I don't need to do it again, do I? But it was, oh, did it? Was that, that okay? That was the first one. Yeah, that he was in a white room doing that. Ding, 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 ding. And then... Um, they then did the Axel F version. It was like ding, 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 And it filled the club. It filled the club floors like it was a floor filler. Yeah, it was crazy hits. It in 2005 got to number one in Canada. Oh, that's close to America, to be fair, isn't it? Number number five in the UK, number nineteen in the US. So it didn't hit the US hard. Yeah, it was there. Right, get this, Axel F. In 2005, number one in Sweden, number one in Australia, number one in Belarus, number one in France, number three in Germany, number one in Ireland, number one in New Zealand, number one in Switzerland, number one in the UK, number 50 in the US. That's crazy. That's <laughs> it mad, didn't travel. It? it didn't travel. So yeah, uh, right, con- well, we've established it was three years after Master of Disguise as well, so it's no surprise that it didn't <laughs> hit in this film. Never mind. If this film uh, came out a few years later, though, you'd best believe that Dana Carvey would be dressed as the frog. He would. He'd have been rocking up at the frog club dressed as Crazy Frog with his disgusting little cock out. (laughs) He'd definitely have his dick out for it. Oh, I'm looking at the characters for the Crazy Frog Racer and they're all so shit. There's just Crazy Frog and like a load of generic robots. What What a bad game. Now the gummy bear's not on there. I thought they were. I don't know. I mix up my memories. Like Harry the Hamster and stuff. All these little shit viral videos. Do you remember them? Oh, God. I remember them all. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Harry the Hamster. That's I remember a name I haven't heard faces. in a long time. <laughs> Just you in a bar drinking. <laughs> drinking with the dad of Crazy Frog because I killed him. <laughs> the Annoying Thing. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> I don't go by Crazy Frog anymore. I go by Old Frog. (laughs) Old Ben Frog. (laughs) Oh, dear. That was so bad. But anyway, the Lincoln dancing was uh, insanely bad. Particularly bad, yeah. I've got a note from there saying, how did they fund this film? Big question. Drugs? I think this is genuinely something like money laundering scheme. Oh, (laughs) yeah. no. I think we said that Coneheads was made on cocaine. On a big bag of... This is made on heroin. This this is heroin and acid mixed together in a little blender while they're watching Shrek and just ripping it off. So at this point, he's just being introduced to the Master of Disguise world. You told me before to keep count of every time they say Master of Disguise and Who's Your Daddy. By this point, they hadn't said Who's Your Daddy at all. And they'd only said Master of Disguise, I think, maybe once in like the opening credits. But from there, 
this goes into overload basically because they just keep saying it constantly it's in every song do you want to know now how many times it said those things i would love to know i wish i'd kept to tally myself so i'm not saying this is the real accurate count because like where this film had so much going on and i was trying to make notes i was eating at one point it was quite hard to keep that <laughs> <laughs> master of disguise gets said 10 20 30, <laughs> 45 times i've got so that's like in the there's a song that's like He's the master, master, master of disguise. M A S T R E R, master, master of disguise. <laughs> yeah, they keep saying it all the time. But then as well, he's like, "How can I be the master of disguise?" And then his granddad will be like, "To become the master of disguise." Of disguise. But Spider's then, like, "There's a master of disguise. We've got the master of disguise, and we've got the master of disguise's <laughs> son coming after us. He's the master of disguise." Yeah, they say it so much; it's fucking exhausting. Imagine if they weren't going to name it that. The film. <laughs> like, what else could they call it? It's like in Muppets Most Wanted, where like this whole song's like, "It's the Muppets again! It's the Muppets again!" And the title, <laughs> "Muppets Most Wanted," like they clearly didn't want it to be called that. But whatever. Yeah. God. But then, who's your daddy? Gets said when they they do this slap fight thing that he's got to learn to do and apparently it demoralizes people to say who's your daddy that gets said i've got 19 times which is a lot more than it needs to ever be said a lot and every imagine every single time like a cold shiver went down my spine and like flew all around my body i was fucking cold mate yeah they Um, they say it i think every time that they do say it, it is then said like three times as well yeah so we established that the master of disguises there the disguisey family get their powers from this thing called energico which is some sort of elemental force that only they can tap into which is some sort of superpower but if they get too close to energico uh they can slip into the power too much and then think they are that person even though they're wearing a rubber mask of the person uh, but that doesn't get established until literally right at the end. The Wouldn't it be good if they'd set that up at the start and then when it happens, we'd have been like, oh, right, that's happened. Yeah, Fucking instead it's just bewildering when it does happen. Anyway, they get a snake charming scene, super racist. Very uh, racist. He, he charms the snake so much he can kiss it. Mm-hmm. it yeah, uh, it acts like a dog, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't want to say too much about that other than it's just fucking horrendous. It's horrible, isn't it? Just not Dana nice Carvey not needs good. to be held accountable. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first, folks. We're cancelling him. <laughs> he's out there reaping the benefits of this success. Nah, he's, he's out there like a farm, like Thanos, <laughs> just yeah. collecting his crops, per- like keeping it quiet. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and we need to go and chop his fucking head off. <laughs> he's just got like a scarecrow outside with his turban and flute on it. <laughs> The big big turtle outfit on his he just watches the sunset <laughs> quiet universe. He's ruined. <laughs> the turtle outfit's just burnt to a crisp. <laughs> I use I use the turtle outfit to destroy the turtle outfit. <laughs> oh god. No, he'd know oh, you're coming to have his knowledge sphere or whatever it was called. That's oh god, yeah. Then it gets to one of my favorite. Uh, elements of this really bad film the fact that the disguisey family can disguise themselves as anyone really opens up a lot of avenues that you can have a lot of celebrity cameos that they're disguised as what do you think at this sort of time it's not long before or after little nicky is it similar time that had what ozzy osbourne regis philbin a couple of other yep big stars big big names um who've they got here uh, (laughs) so they have pictures of people i think they have a picture of michael myers 
which proves that the disguises have been doing some stuff with actual celebrities. But originally we were introduced to Michael Johnson the f- and then they go, oh my God, it's Michael Johnson, the fastest man alive. <laughs> <laughs> Who is he? <laughs> He's the fastest man alive. I thought it was Michael Jackson, didn't I, in the intro? Could you yeah. imagine that? <laughs> when did he hold this record? Is he still the fastest man alive? No, because isn't that Usain Bolt? Yes, I guess. So Michael Johnson, retired sprinter, he formally held the world and Olympic records for 200 meter and 400 meter. I don't know how long for. I'm not massively into sports and stuff, but I've never heard of this person in my yeah, life. Me neither. Yeah, I, ca- I can't say much though, because we would have been like seven at this time, six, yeah. when they were filming it. So I also probably wouldn't have known. I also really don't want to badmouth the guy. Like he's just a runner. And in the film, he literally just runs and that's yeah. it. You, you can't say anything bad about what he does because he just no. it is just a cameo. But yeah, it's I just funny like how like innocuous and like not massively in the public eye or zeitgeist all the actors they get. Mm-hmm. So who else do they get? They get Jessica Simpson. Or yeah, Jessica later? Simpson's the only one that I knew. I think and Bo Derek we had earlier that they established in the seventies. And one's like a councilman or something. Jesse Ventura. Yeah, that's uh, it. an American politician. Ventura. And was in the WWF. <laughs> now the WWE, not the oh the wrestling one, not the panda charity. The wrestling, <laughs> not the panda charity. <laughs> What's his? He's an independent. He steals was the a... Liberty Bell, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't really know what that is, other than they mention it in like Always Sunny and stuff. I think it's it, a... it's in Philadelphia, isn't it? Yeah, it's a cracked bell. Why does this guy want all this stuff? Whatever. On the black marquee bay at the end. <sighs> Yep, sorry, of course, airtight, never mind. <laughs> yeah, there's a robot fighting, blah, 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 woman in dress, what man? I don't remember what that was even talking about. Yeah, so he fights this robot, doesn't he? And at the end, it's revealed that there's Super Mario inside it. Yeah, that's right at the end of the film, isn't it? There's like a dwarf stuck inside it, which is quite scary and creepy. Yeah, Um. A bit weird. Oh, they play that song that's from uh, The Simpsons. You know, the crack that whip. Do, 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 do. Whip it. That's by Devo. Whip it, yeah. 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 And Smithers actually, sings it. <laughs> I have loaded up the whole soundtrack for this on IMDb. Should we go through it? Yeah. Because Tubular, Tubular Bells is in there, apparently. <laughs> right. Is Am I right in saying that there's um, three Master of Disguise songs, at least? You're 100% correct. Yeah. There's um, M-A-S-T-E-R Part 1. Which M-A-S-T-E-R, is the open one. The skies. Yeah. And then there's the song Fun, which actually was made, wasn't made for this film as far as I can see. The one that's saying, mm. I wish you could come. Um <laughs> the one that sounds like Alanis Morissette, but like not as yeah. good. I wish you could come. <laughs> I wish you could come. <laughs> <laughs> then there's the song Master of Disguise by Vitamin C. Which the better of the Master of Disguise songs. Is that the one that sounds like a Beach Boys song? Uh, which is play it. I mean, I won't play it for long. There's Master just, just... Part Two as well. I think I think it is the one that sounds like a Beach Boys ripoff song. That was at least ten of the Master of Disguise bits. Um, I've been listening to this song nonstop today, and I don't I don't even know why. I've I've lost my mind. Uh, the Master of Disguise. I don't mind that song at all, but I do not like the master song. Amazingly, that's not the one I was thinking of, the one you've just played. I don't know what the one I'm thinking of fucking was. Uh, Oh, it's showing clips of the film. I can't look at it. It makes you sick. (laughs) 
Yeah. That sounds just Extra like a Beach Boys song. <laughs> oh no, MOD is... by Chris Ballou. Try that. MOD by who? Chris Ballou. This isn't a song. What are you talking about? Let me see if I can find it. It's in the um, it's on the the IMDb song credits. He's the master, master, master of disguise. You sent me a message last night that was like, you're going to need this. As if I was going to be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Shit, I better get listening to the Master of Disguise soundtrack. This is the one. This, that means there's four Master of Disguise songs. <laughs> That's at the Jaws bit. <laughs> I'm going to fucking heart attack. <laughs> They did four of these fucking songs. Right, let's stop playing them so we can actually discuss this. <laughs> when do they say you're going to come? Keep listening. <laughs> okay, all right. It's like, I wish you could. I wish you could come. You could come. I wish you Please could come. come. We're going to have fun. I did not come and I did not have fun. <laughs> that song gets played twice in this film, you know, the one about come fun. It's um, so funny. Like, I can't believe then the new revelation that there's not three, but actually four uh, Master of Disguise songs commissioned for that. That's more songs than there was commissioned for the film Spectre. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they had that Radiohead one. They had had Radiohead do one, and then they also had the one that they used, which is uh, Sam Smith. God, this has more than that. Yeah, this has a lot. This has just as many original songs as fucking what, like Eight Crazy Nights, and that film was a musical. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy because, and all of them are kind of going to the plot and keep repeating the phrase "Master of Disguise." Did Mm -hmm. they expect this to be such a massive hit? Way. That kind of that this was going to be like on the radio, and kids were going to be listening to it, and they'd be like it's six insane that they this, films. It's insane they thought this would actually be all right. It's it's rubbish. They put a lot um, of work into it somehow. <sighs> Baffling. They interview anyway. I think they established that the disguises need a, an assistant. Every disguise he has an assistant, except we never established that with the dad. We never see Ever. who they are. It would have been good if it got revealed that the mum was one of his assistants once or something, was... but nope, none of that. Because they established that the assistant always falls in love with the disguisey. So the mum as one would have made narrative sense, even if it would have been incredibly sexist and stupid. They kick out all these people, but then they, they hire that one for no reason because she doesn't have any personality or um, reason to be hired over all the other people. Mm-hmm. Why do they hire her? I think because her son like wants to apply for the job and he's like, oh, I, I can do it. I'm potty trained. And then Pistachio says, you're the conductor of the potty train. That's a line in this. I've written that down. And then they ask for the woman's measurements and she says she's like a 34 something, something 34. And then they're like, ah, 34 little bottom. In, in this day and age, how uncomfortable is that kind of? It looks like, it, I want to be frank, it looks like porn casting. Uh, the way they film it and the way they, the characters are acting, it feels really inappropriate. This is a children's film and it feels really like the power dynamic is horrible. Mm-hmm. And they're like speaking in front of her about her body and it's really creepy. The granddad says, um, the cat has claws me likey. I hate it. I hate the way they talk about women in this. It's, they say uh, she's genuinely tush. disgusting tushy challenged because she doesn't have a big enough bum for him and then he says he's irresistible as well pistachio and he sort of does a horrible little like horrible little face yeah irresistible (laughs) flexes his brows horrible Um, but then the granddad leaves i don't know why 
Why does he leave? Why does he just do it? I don't know. They kept I on doing this running joke, didn't they? When like the inexplicable plot things happened, they always went to this little pop-up book that he had and it would say things like, you can do this, this but your granddad can't be involved or something. Horrible little uh, joke there. Uh, and then we get to the Turtle Club scene, the famous 9-11 scene. Probably the standout scene of the film from a outsider perspective, I guess. This is the only thing I've ever seen of this film is the image yeah. of that. Yeah, me too. Very, very unfunny. Near shocking so. Is the Turtle Club a real place? Fuck knows. The problem is, do you know what? With almost all of this stuff, I can imagine when they were filming it, you probably would laugh. Yeah, because it's ridiculous, but it's there's no right... Like, What's wrong with Pistachio Disguise? Why would he dress as a, a literal human turtle man? But also it's not even that convincing as a turtle. He just looks like RuPaul in a big kingpin suit. Exactly. And he's got a funny lip. I, the lip is quite good. It visually looks all right. Okay. But the mm. fact that the only joke he says is, I'm a turtle, I'm a turtle, I'm a turtle. It's not, he's not even saying fucking jokes. His visual comedy is okay, but there's no, there's no substance whatsoever no, there's to nothing. that. And no one's really reacting the, set, the way you would if you saw that. No. You're expecting I people to like start fighting him and spinning him around on the floor and shit. That's what I was <laughs> I assume that they were kind of, he's thinking he's been very subtle, but then she's saying, like implying that he's got something wrong with him. Mm. A bit like in Ace Ventura, again, where they go to the, oh, how do I phrase this? The masked ball or the, something. The know. mental <laughs> institution. <laughs> And then uh, Jim Carrey's wearing a tutu. He's like, go on, go on. Yeah, I remember the bit. And then she's like being the straight character. I'm assuming they're trying to do that here, except he's completely not self-aware. So Mm -hmm. it's not charming or interesting. And then he bites the man's nose off. Yeah, there's a CGI sort of Voldemort nose moment, isn't there? But then he spits it back on and it just sticks. So is that man a master of disguise as well? Fake nose. Um, I can only assume he's made of plasticine, uh, <laughs> but it's weird. It doesn't fit in the world. It's gross and creepy. And then yeah. he's on the floor spinning round. Yeah, and it, it just transitions out. Transitions I'll say this: out. like it gets said about a lot of quirky things. Like this scene is incredibly Lynchian. David Lynch it, could have made this. Yeah, it is. It is incredibly in isolation. And with more, I don't know, I like the outfit. I like the look of it. It's creep, so visually upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's sad that it's wasted on no joke, no yeah. humour, no plot progression, really. They found out that this cigar that the villain was smoking came from this place. Yeah, it's like a memorable look, but I couldn't tell you what the point was or what, like anything that he said or did that was good in that moment. But like, you'll remember that. That, like, even in a few months' time, if we hear the words Master of Disguise, you are going to think of that turtle, but yeah. nothing else about it. I think he's doing a bit of a, like, sort of Kermit the Frog voice. Yeah, he's kind of sounding a little bit like Demon Turtle. A little yeah. bit turtly. Oh, one thing I will point Shut out up. is two Mr. Deeds cameos here. The doorman is the footballer from Mr. Deeds that says, no, daddy, no. Remember that bit? He gets hit by Blake Clark. No, daddy, no. Sort of. Yeah, so that's who that guy is. And then the person who tells them who the villain is is the guy with the beard out of Mr. Deeds who was like, I think he was in Paul Blart most recently that we watched. Bald guy, beard, says words. Is kind of a pointless character in Mr. Deeds, but worse in all the other things. Oh, yeah. great. What a good, what a good actor. <laughs> He's made such an elastic impression. Whatever. We're then introduced to a 
villain of sorts, which could have been all right, but it's a shame that they don't really do much with it. It's the boyfriend, Trent. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I literally watched uh, this film 20 minutes ago and I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so he's wearing like a light blue jumper and he's uh, he's immediately like threatening Pistachio because he goes out with um, whatever Jennifer. the woman's called. Jennifer. How do you remember that? <laughs> so he goes out with Jennifer and then he's just... Inc- because we need to establish that Pistachio is going to be the love interest, you need to make the existing love interest the worst human being who's ever lived. Mm-hmm. So, like, the little boy falls over and he's like, ah, you fucking nerd. He, like, stamps on the kid's really head, cruel, I think. Really cruel guy. And, like, he's he's immediately, like, trying to break Pistachio's arm. I was kind of like, fucking do it. Yeah, uh, go on, Trent, you fucking legend. Go on, Trent, you fucking wish-fulfillment cinema over here. <laughs> I'd love to hit him. My notes here are baffling. It says, Governor Ventura steals Liberty Bell, Eye of Tiger plays, skateboarding dog, cross-eyed robot, disguises old lady, Malcolm in your middle. Good stuff. I wrote, uh, Eye of the Tiger, fight, dog skateboarding, machine strangling, who's your daddy? Move away from the fucking robot, you stupid bastard. Yeah, because he just gets hit by it. He <laughs> just keeps there. getting hit by it and put his trousers pulled down. Just fucking move. He needs to watch Here Comes the Boom and get some fucking real insight into how to fight. Oh. How good would it be? Because imagine this fucking loser. Imagine Kevin James smacking him. Absolutely like breaking his arm or like (laughs) smacking him onto the floor. Like a Wookiee putting his arms up. Just shredding the little twat to bits. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, then we see one of his disguises is an old lady who tries to flirt with the villain. It's not funny. Before Mm. that as well, uh, very quickly before that, he looked directly into the camera breaks the fourth wall and then there's this weird transition that happens a bunch of times which is like what that medal that old artifact kind of drifting over the screen oh, yeah yeah it looks so ugly it looks, looks like rubbish. something that'd be on raven uh <laughs> the british tv show raven not not that the, so uh, raven not that yeah. so raven for it is that kind of time to. again isn't it did you ever watch raven as a kid i didn't i can remember it. i remember it being a little scottish man with like a well-groomed beard sort of saying yeah uh, the oh come on travelers though. the time's beginning i never knew what the threat was and no. it was and the kids playing it because it was like a game show for kids but then the kids playing it if they got hit by something like on an obstacle course they'd disappear yeah and i used to just think oh that kid's dead yeah they're gone <laughs> like, that kid died for real i always think about this like do you reckon there's kids still stuck in the set of jungle run Remember that game? <laughs> in the monkey's belly. <laughs> a little girl from my school, I think her name was Annabelle. She was in the year above me. I think I was in like year three and she was in year four. She and, always uh, wished to go on that show, didn't she? No, she went on it. And I remember like, I didn't even know her, but I, I made sure I watched CITV at that time. <laughs> and she came into school with the mon- the little monkey toy oh, and, the, and a little Game Boy Advance SP she'd won. And then like stood up in front of assembly to tell us all about it. And I remember thinking, God, she's living the life. <laughs> God, she's fucking cool. <laughs> God, she's cool. She met Michael Underwood. <laughs> she's so lucky she didn't get trapped in the belly of the beast. Imagine being stuck forever in the belly. Or even worse, if you got stuck in one of the little mazes earlier like on. Like net, yeah. Where those horrible little monkeys afterwards would be like fingering your ear. And, like, oh, yeah. Your... Horrible, Ooh. the little monkeys in that. I forgot about I that. hated those nasty monkeys. Yeah, Sorry pretty... to our American listeners. Uh... Check it out. That was a good show, Jungle Run. <laughs> yeah, check out Jungle Run, check out Raven. Both very good early noughties British TV shows for kids. Good stuff. Jungle Run was better. Yeah, Jungle Run was the, the beast of shows. Yeah, CITV was way better than CBC. There, I mm-hmm. fucking said it. 
yeah cbbc had more of a goal to educate you and it made things a bit boring <laughs> like raven you're <laughs> learning about the birds <laughs> Where yeah were you were we? saying about the uh, dana carvey's dress as an old lady old lady yeah it's a very unfunny bit he's sort of flirting with the villain nothing really comes of that scene i don't really know what the point was and it cuts to him at a party as scarface right yeah he then becomes scarface uh because what way to blend in uh than pretend to be a very famous fictional character yeah what's he gonna do snort cocaine and shoot everyone as someone who I pride myself on my terrible Al Pacino impressions, I desperately try and do impressions. I'm so bad at them. I'm never going to do it now. But his impression is even worse than that. Anything I'd come up with. It's so bad. Yeah. I thought for a second he might have been the Fonz. I wasn't sure because it, it didn't seem like Scarface, did it? doesn't it? seem like it, no. And then some fucking lackey goon says like, uh, Scooby-Doo is computer generated. And they're like, no way. He looks just like a real dog. No, he fucking didn't. He didn't no. back then. He doesn't now. No, even as like a naive six-year-old, you could tell that wasn't a real dog. No, there was no way. Um, and then I guess whilst he's in Scarface and serve investigating, all he does is like yell at waiters. Hey! <laughs> he's just sort of doing that. And yeah, he just keeps yelling at waiters and saying that he's going to fight them and stuff. It's weird. And he does this big dance routine that then gets repeated again in the credits. And it's not funny either time <sighs> where he's like doing funny. handstands and stuff. Dancing in comedy is not funny. And then he runs away and then he suddenly becomes Quint from Jaws. And he just starts going like, oh, I've seen into their eyes, their but black he's talking, eyes. He's talking like Blake Clark in Waterboy. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> I always feel bad that I don't appreciate Jaws as much as I probably should. I've seen it once when I was like a kid and I've never gone back to it. But this oh, you doesn't make me want to watch it again. <laughs> I'll say like, again, costuming. Well done to everyone who did the costuming for this. The Dana Carvey does look like Quint mm. from Jaws and, it's, and his impression doesn't sound too dissimilar. But it's a shame that he doesn't come up with any jokes. He just repeats lines from Jaws and then acts like that's comedy by just repeating lines. It's not funny. No. Um, and then he disguises himself as a poo. Yeah, cow. What do they they call it? A cow pie, but it's a cow pat. It's a cow pat. Fucking yeah. Americans. They're bullshit. <laughs> it's a pat because when you see one, you give it a little pat for good luck. Yeah. And then my next. <laughs> You were going to just agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I was doing that. I was just going to just <laughs> fucking move on. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever fallen in a cow pat? I've not, no, because I'm not in a carry-on oh. film. I'm just a normal human. Oh, I remember as a kid, like, yeah, I was walking in Castleton with my parents when I was like three, four. I think this is my earliest memory is I face-planted some fucking cow pat, got shit all over me. So horrible. Where were you? Because my dad usually throws cow pats over fences. <laughs> uh, I was actually laughing. Where's your dad from again? Like, He's from uh, he, Tottenham. Where's he Wood, living? Wood Green. Where did he live near that school? Oh, actually, that might be a bit too close. You'd probably be able to work <laughs> I it out. I can't give that away. There's an ongoing investigation. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'll rock up to Tottenham or Hoddesdon or whatever. That's, that's where I fell in the cow pat. Oh, he, God. He threw it right in front of my face. Yeah, he he threw it into Sheffield my face. Do it. <laughs> Always There's pretend you that... support Sheffield Wednesday. Fucking have a taste of this. <laughs> There's nothing that that man loves more than making sure kids go blind with shit. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? You tripped over. You went face planting into this turd. You came up yeah. and what did you say? Oh crumbs! I was like, oh bloody hell, mother! Look what's happened to me now. <laughs> oh crud! I've got a mouthful of cow pie. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Gromit! <laughs> 
Yeah, it was exactly like that. It was a, uh, it was very ridiculous. Carry on situation. Some, yeah. some other camper on the campsite like lifted their top up and their boots. <laughs> this Whatever. stuff does happen though. I got kicked by a donkey once. <laughs> I, I know, I can tell. No, at Disneyland, like my mum was petrified. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, you, that's how Christopher Reeve died. Not yeah, from I, a donkey, from a horse. But it was a dark year. Like, I can't remember anything from that year when I was five. After Jesus. the donkey kicked me. That's why, why I you, missed the film. Did you get molested? What? <laughs> I did you get by a donkey? All <laughs> oh, right, okay. We <laughs> were pressing something. Oh god! So anyway, the fucking guy. He's disguised. His jaws disguised gets rused because he shows his arm and he's got a hairy arm, right? Even got though he hasn't been hairy arm. for the rest of the film. Oh, he's, is it his arm still hairy from arm. Scarface arm? I thought it was a Come racist on, Italian mate. joke. <laughs> it says a lot about me, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, and then. Anyway, when he gets stood on while he's a cow pat and he immediately jumps up and then the goons start chasing him again. There's another Master of Disguise song. This is the Beach Boys one. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've already forgotten how that one goes, but probably says the words Master of Disguise a couple of times, doesn't it? Yeah. And he like runs away and there's the fucking transition again with the stupid amulet. That makes you think that these are happening in like a mirror dimension or something. (laughs) It does. It feels like I am. So my order here has gone a bit messy, but I think he he tries to rescue jennifer who stayed with the man mm. and he's like trying to look in her purse and stuff he rescues yeah. her. this part i had to pause it here because he he was doing a sort of little horrible german man he had these big teeth and he kept saying like i would like to see the mistress <laughs> doing this horrible little giggle and oh man the smile he, does, he was doing sickened me he does that brent spiner and the uh the love interest come downstairs and then he's turned into a little british spy man mm-hmm. He's clearly a man in disguise. The fact that he's gone from a German man to an English spy, you're yeah. not fooling anyone. They should have just shot him in the head. The exact <laughs> right same face then. as well. Yeah, they should have. But then there's some really good scenes coming up after that where they um, go to have a meal together afterwards and Trent, the boyfriend, is having a meal with the woman from earlier. And then Trent immediately starts fighting Pistachio and then the love interest goes, leave him alone, you bully. Yeah. <laughs> To her boyfriend. For no reason. Yeah, so they have a slap fight. And then, can we just talk about the fact that the song Can't Touch This plays? Mm. Because if I like to move it, move it, Chariots of Fire and fucking Walking on Sunshine weren't enough, they had to chuck in one more. This is the most 2000s film I've ever seen in my life. It's so 2000s. Yeah, he keeps saying, who's your daddy? And then the girl, he, he didn't want to go out of him earlier, now wants to, but he can go, no, I don't want to go out of you. I mm-hmm. fucking hate these misogynistic, disgusting nerds. It's yeah. like Big Bang Theory all over again. It's gross. Nerd the fulfillment. Dynamics. They're horrible, yeah. aren't they? The power dynamic nerd wish fulfillment bullshit. I hate it. He should have ended up alone and a virgin at the end. Yeah. John Lochran meets Jessica Simpson. There's a scene where that that happens. Doesn't really yep. amount to much. Then the bit when Jennifer talks about how she's fallen in love with Pistachio. Don't know how we're going to get around this, but she says a thing that's like... Yeah, I've written it. The same I thing. thought you were a horrible, freaky, weird, nerdy, strange... And then she says the yes, word for <laughs> being disabled that begins with an S. Yeah, that I've not heard man. in a very long time. Me neither. Took yeah. me by surprise in this. That did um, take me out of it quite a lot. So, yeah. Why does she like him? I don't know, because she's just listed a bunch of reasons not to. But then she is in love with him. Why? Why is she? He does nothing good. 
And then she goes missing. She gets kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Does something happen between that? I don't know. There's a so hologram they, of the granddad. They keep doing a thing where you can tell that they've shot more of this film than that than they're showing us because it's obviously been like cut to shreds, like <laughs> Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> Release the uh, who directed this piece of shit? Per- Perry, someone, I think it was. Release the Perry, yeah. someone cut. <laughs> Release the Par- Perry Andalin Blake cut, please. Get that trend in. But they keep on just filling in the moments by doing that transition, as you mentioned, and then having voiceover from either the granddad or the dad, I don't know who it is, and being like, and while this happened, someone was was taken, and it was a really scary moment. But like, they don't show those bits. They don't show it, yeah. And it just feels such a pointless, pointless film. And that, yeah, the grandpa appears as a hologram, and then says something and then i think he says it just might work and then like pops yeah and I, was, I had to pause it then again i had to leave the room <laughs> i had to go for like a small walk around my house <laughs> so basically this leads into the final fight which is that kevin nealon is buying black market stuff off of the villain guy that's all the bits that he's stolen the keenan thompson cameo is here and it's just him watching this fight on a computer. Yeah, because I, I assumed you'd be one of the celebrities that the Master of Skies impersonates, but at this point, I guess he wasn't really a big He's just Keenan from Keenan and Kel at this point, I guess, maybe. Yeah, just orange-aid guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's another disguise. It's a cherry pie this time, but he's a whole... His whole body is a cherry pie, even though yep. just his head would have been showing. That is lynching as fuck. That's proper disgusting. He spits a cherry at a man's head and he dies. Yeah. The cherry costume <laughs> like a bullet hole. is a better adaptation of Carnage from the Marvel comics than the one we saw in Venom 2. It's terrifying. Um, there's a bit where there's like a Kill Bill fight scene with Dana Carvey just slapping loads of goons. Yep. Yeah. Everyone sees it around the world. They bring oh, my notes the... have really stopped now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I yeah. really have checked out. I can't uh, blame you. I, I um, wrote that. Oh yeah, the villain realizes that uh, the uh, he's a master of disguise by going like, "Oh, your wife called," and he's like, "Oh, thanks." And he's like, "Ah, you don't have a wife." Yeah, there's no and reason he why was... he would have suspected him or anything. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, how did you realise it was me? And then it pans down to that his shoes are still made of cherries. So he's like, well, you already knew. Why did you try and like suss him out? Yeah, why trick him when he's got cherry feet? Just shoot him in the head. (laughs) Shoot his cherry feet. Yeah, that's the only time in this whole film where Dana Carvey manages to disguise himself as a different person, like different face. Because then every other time, even at the end where he's supposed to have mastered it and he comes back and tracks down the villain and he's George W. Bush. It's still just Dana Carvey. There's Dana Carvey. They've introduced read- this theory about the dark side that you can become the person who you're disguised mm. as, but then it doesn't amount to much very quick. That energy thing. Uh, I wrote down, there's another Master of Disguise song. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Papa doesn't know who he is. Pants on head, just like when he was a little boy. I hate yeah. this. George W. <laughs> I don't know if it was ripped off earlier, but they do the thing out of Zoolander, don't they? Where he takes his pants off without taking his mm. trousers off. I don't know if Zoolander was before this or not. Might not have been. I think Zoolander was before this. Yeah. Uh, Zoolander yeah. was in 2001. Another better film getting referenced in this. So, as you yeah, say, the George W. Bush bit, did you see where that scene was set? Nope. Costa Rica, baby. <laughs> 
Was it actually? Yeah, it was set where you're going. And it looked Did like they film it? You're always going on Did... as if you're going to like Afghanistan, but this was like <laughs> a really nice hotel with like loads of, loads of bikini babes. That's I'm, what I'm not going. I'm not going to the bikini babe part. I'm going to like small like local communities. Oh, the yeah, I'm, I've been secretly this whole last couple of months been supping down pina coladas every day with George W. <laughs> And this villain farting in a hot tub. He's a master of disguise. He kills him and that's it. Yeah. Does he kill him? Well, he drowns him, I think, in the water. (laughs) No, but then he farts. I've got quite a few notes left here, you know. I've got the Sprouse twins bit. Then I've got this one. So there's an off cut of Kevin Nealon. And he's asking what the master of disguise can turn into. First, he says Barbara Streisand. Then he says Britney Spears. And then he says, can he turn into the Olsen twins? And the villain guy's like, oh, you're a dirty boy. So I looked this up. Kevin Nealon, 49 in this scene. Olsen yeah. twins, 16. Yeah, they were like... Teenagers. <laughs> mid oh, teenagers. The, the, right. Um, oh, I don't want to get into this too much, but the way the uh, Hollywood treated the Olsons was uh, disgusting. And mm. that is fucking grotesque. I didn't even catch that, but that's yeah, grotesque. It's grim. Like, Britney would have been f- young enough as well at this point in 2002. She probably would have still been under 20, I guess. It's just... Hollywood is just full of paedophiles, mate. And I, I, it makes me sad if Kevin Nealon said that mm. uh, because I have respect for that man. But that's very pedo-y. But maybe he just didn't think to look into it. Were they doing it in a sex... Because I don't remember that bit. Did they were doing it in a sexual way or were they doing it in like he's a fan? He's ours. He's a, oh, well, he wants the Olsen twins autographs because he loves the film Place yeah. in the Sun or whatever it's called. No, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> I'm not trying to justify paedophilia. <laughs> no, because the other guy's like, oh, you're a, you're a dirty boy or something. Oh, you're a naughty man. Something like that. I guess they're <sighs> maybe they're thinking, oh, who could we reference that the audience would know? Like, young audience. But still, like, 49-year-old man. Like, that's fucked. We also see that there was a Bob Ross parody that was filmed that isn't in the actual movie. Forrest Gump parody. He says the line, love is thicker than your behinds. An Anastasia song plays. Remember her? Yes, vaguely. I can't believe we managed to. I can't believe we managed to get on the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, there's just more dancing, and the credits go on for fucking ages, and they're just blue. They're gone. Shit. Yeah. So I worked out. So it's like three minutes at least with the intro. And then another 10 minutes of blooper reel. It's an 80-minute film. This is basically a 65-minute long film. Mm-hmm. It's so short, and yet it feels really long. Like, it feels like it took me forever to watch. Yeah, it's crazy, because I watched... So we're recording this in January. I watched the first episode of the new series of Euphoria, the Zendaya show. Zendaya, how yeah. do you say it? That was, like, 65 minutes long. That's, like, the same length as this. That's just an episode of a TV show. Like, how this... I don't know. How this got away with it is nuts. <laughs> it's crazy. And the fact that they've, they've clearly got more material, but they obviously were like, this is all bad, or mm-hmm. it's just extensions of what previous we've done already. It's not bringing the plot forward. But just anyone could add more to this. Like, is there no one in Hollywood who could have doctored this script and added more scenes that made sense or have more characters that Dana Carvey played on SNL and just shoved them in? Even uh, just making it Dana Carvey's a weird decision because I know we've said about how his career died after this, but like, did he have much of one before it? Well, he was he a on big SNL draw. Wayne's he, World. 
No, this is 2002. He was on SNL in the 90s, like, and didn't have something to bridge the gap. Whereas, like, Adam Sandler at this point had obviously done a couple of movies still. And I, I don't want to like make inferences or, or assumptions about what was going on, but I feel like Adam Sandler is a very nostalgic guy and he wants to support his friends' projects and stuff. And yeah. we realized in was it on the Norm McDonald podcast? I don't think we spoke about it in the episode, but the the episode with fucking Nick Swardson, they say that Nick Adam Sandler produced both of their comedy albums, Norma Doldan and him, so that he just wants to produce stuff with his friends. Yeah, he just and he wants some money and stuff. Yeah, Chris Rock, <laughs> Rob Schneider should never have had a, a leading role in his mm. life. And yeah, he does. He's had several. Kevin James, I love him, but he's had loads and mainly Happy Madison. A lot of them have had a crack at it. And this is Dana Carvey's crack at it. And it's horrendous, but it comes seemingly from a place of like mutual respect for the comedy craft but mm. it just completely failed i would love there uh, to be a netflix documentary into how these films all keep getting made though because we've spoken about so many this strange wilderness i think some of the rog schneider kevin james ones that are like they cost like 20 million dollars to make and they make like 5 million if even that and this production company still fucking exists they've been going for like 20 what 25 years or something like that it must be at worst money laundering <laughs> but i don't think so i think it's genuinely the amount of shameless kind of product placement they'll put in it's most of the their plugs, mainstream ones the plugs they'll put in imagine the amount of money they're making from that they'll be making a fortune from that and mm. making the films as cheaply as possible and having all their mates in it which will obviously mean they won't have to pay as much as a featured actor and then they even keep so though, shoving them out. Even so, though, it's, you'd think that the production companies that they're pairing with, like Netflix, Netflix do put out a lot of shit, but like Sony and stuff, you'd you'd think are these guys not self-aware that this is like ruining any legacy that they've got? <laughs> Chucking out I, shit I guess, like but, this. I guess, but I don't know. Like you'd say that about Adam Sandler, he's done at least 60% of his films are bad like at least, mm. but people still have fondness for him because of his early work and also some of the more alternative stuff he's done and in the last few years, Uncut Gems. That's massively backtracked people's opinions of him to people actually respecting him as an artist again. I guess, but he's just got that charisma and likability and shit, yeah. though, whereas like this and film doesn't have much redeeming quality. No, does it? none at all. But he's a businessman and he's the one of the richest people in Hollywood because of it, and he mm. knows how to make films, not necessarily from a Quick. good filmmaking standpoint, but as a way of making it cost effective and then making some sort of kind of profit from it. But this clearly didn't. Uh, I suppose you never know, like throwing shit at a wall, some of it might stick. There was I, every chance this could have been like a, a cult yeah, film or something. I don't know. This had a budget of $16 million and it made 43. So it's still made back. Like if you account for marketing, it is a profitable film. Yeah. So this isn't a bomb at all. This made money. Just a critical bomb, I guess. Yeah. Incredibly bad critical wise, but the actual like money wise, if you think about it that way, yeah, it's, it's not, fine. Yeah, true. How much of the budget went on uh, commissioning four songs uh, <laughs> called Master of Disguise? <laughs> a lot, probably. I don't know. <laughs> They're not big bands, though, are they? It's not like they've got fucking Radiohead or Billie Eilish to do it. <laughs> <laughs> How would that sound? Yeah, I don't know, but I, I don't think they could beat that Vitamin C song. That Vitamin C one was all right. <laughs> yeah, they're all, they're all strangely catchy. They're probably the best part about this film. 
by far. Like, if I'm going to list the things that I thought were okay about it, because I don't I hate being completely negative. The animation was okay. I liked the soundtrack. The original songs were kind of fun and really early 2000s and a bit bad, but catchy. Yeah. And then I, I liked the costume design. Everything else is just garbage. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Fuck knows. I don't know what to say about <laughs> this. Like, is it just exhausting? Yeah, I do feel bad. I get what you mean. People worked hard on it and stuff. And like, oh, I don't feel bad about saying it's bad. This, no, it is shit. And it's embarrassing that this got produced. And it should be a lesson learned for anyone else making a film that I don't know. You need the, I don't know. I don't know how you could have made this good. Come up with a better concept and have your impersonations bleed into the story and don't just have them surface level, make them more integrated into the co- into the jokes it's there's no jokes no there's not it's just tiring think, do you know what? Yeah. it's weird though because like when you think of kids films or kids tv shows around that sort of time i think it was a bit after when we would have been children but i remember one of my cousins always watching this film this show called like lazy town do you remember that yeah and that's got the same sort of horrible visuals as this where everything's <laughs> false and it's like just singing and dancing and people doing flips and shit but like that was a big hit same with like what in the night garden like kids things can be baffling and they sometimes work out but it's like either do just that make this a really confusing kids thing that kids are gonna like this bright colors and stuff like don't seep in like fucking racism and references <laughs> to jessica simpson because what are kids gonna get out of that yeah kids will get nothing from that yeah you're right i forgot about in the night garden that was fucking because i've got all younger siblings like my my sister's eight years younger than me so mm. when she was like three i was about 11 and she'd watch in the night garden every night and it was fucking viscerally kind of gr- grotesque like iggle piggle with that big bulbous blue head yeah <laughs> it's disgusting or i suppose like mr blobby shit like that like oh, I mr. Get, blobby we're really horrible. dialing in on the british references <laughs> in this episode but i don't know tweenies they were all big big headed weirdos weren't they yeah but yeah it could have gone all out in that and that's what like the turtle costume looks like it looks like they were going for that sort of angle but then you've got exorcist parodies and stuff like that like it just doesn't marry up in any way it's a wet fart there's no way of making this better there's nothing I could say that would make this better. It's conceptually broken. You can definitely just tell as well that Dana Carvey saw his mate getting a lot of success with Shrek in this sort of kids film that's full of metatextual references. And he was like, I'll take a slice of that pie and came up with this fucking travesty. Like, <laughs> it doesn't try and hide what it's ripping off, does it? No. But like, they mentioned that Scooby-Doo films and they've got a similar weird feel to them but they just do it so much better and they have a good script and good acting (laughs) like they're not good films those particularly but they're all really well cast and the script that james gunn wrote has got some like irreverency and stuff Mm. there's something about it that's kind of characterful and it's there's a lot that can be said about that so we've just watched dana carvey wearing the turtle costume and everything can we just have a minute of silence for the tragedy that beset when all these people worked incredibly hard for their film to come out like this let's have a minute silence Bow your head. And for and for nine eleven. And for nine eleven. Okay, enough of that. Let's go on to our Dana diary. Hell yeah. <laughs> How did you do I've... on your Dana diary this week? Oh, I wrote so many notes. Uh, I did all right. I think I got a line in fourteen minutes and twenty seconds. Fucking um, hell. My line was uh, so sideburns or facial hair. Very early on, like they established this kind of fake beard mm-hmm. that the characters wearing. Yep. Crossed eyes. Happens constantly. It's oh, yeah. insane how many times. Uh, and then a dream. 
I think there was a dream sequence-ish at 14 minutes and 20 seconds-ish. And there's I think, dreams I think he does get woken up from having a dream or something, doesn't he? There's a lot of visual moments there where he's just kind of spacing out and it's a bit weird. Yeah. So I kind of put lump that all with dreams. Also, I got Pooh. He literally becomes a shit at one point and then mm. hitting balls uh, happens uh, a few times. Yep. I didn't get Colonel Sanders. I didn't get Violent Kids. I didn't get reference to weed and I didn't get sports team cap. How about you? Mm, quite a successful one. I got a line 47 minutes and 40 seconds in. So I've got um, unearned heartfelt moment that I ticked. That was for when Pistachio was like, oh, I'd love to find a girl like my mama. And it seemed like he was trying to be really sweet and then it just zoomed in on her ass. So that was <laughs> a fucked up moment. And there was quite Horrible. a few unearned heartfelt moments, mainly with that little kid. Stand-up performance or music performance. There's a band performing at the party when he does that horrible dance. That's like a music number. Mm. Um, and Carvey sings. I've got... Um, <laughs> I took that for him being like, I'm going to be a master of disguise. I'm going to be a master of disguise. He says it six times singing these horrible little nursery rhymes. Mm-hmm. I also ticked horrible voice for the House of Gucci style accents mm-hmm. and in dress for when Bo Derek is the disguise at the start. I think he takes mm-hmm. his head off and yeah. he's in a dress. Big shorts for when they're in Costa Rica at the end and Bowman the villain's got a pair of big shorts on and also bikinis for the Costa Rica sequence because that place is mm-hmm. just full of people in bikinis. Can't wait to see your Hell yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you were around the pool. Me and Bowman <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> Farting. Farting. I didn't get a literate joke because he seems to be able to read that pop-up book pretty well. And I didn't tick that Dana has forgotten what's important because he doesn't know anything. Nothing's important in this world. He doesn't know anything. But yeah, there you go. 47 minutes. Very tropey film, I think you'll agree. Definitely. Um, So there's only one thing left to discuss, but I I feel like I... Unless there's a very sudden twist... (laughs) I feel like I know where you're going to go. So are you going to uh, be invited to the exclusive Turtle Club, which is taking place in the uh, castle? And are you going to show up in your best attire like a normal person? Or are you going to dress up as a big fucking turtle, bite off one of the films that's in the... Bite off uh, Uncut Gems' nose, spit it back at them, spin around and then scene transition yourself into the pit uh where are you going straight into the pit like a fucking bullseye right to the bottom of the pit i would say this does definitely sit shoulder to shoulder with going overboard in the cobbler this fucking hell even if you take away like the problematic stuff that is racist sexist Mm. pedophilic in one point and all of those problems i think incestuous incestuous yeah you've still got a very very bad film it kind of never balances out a tone it never makes you like anyone that's in it it's got so many weird visual moments that should be memorable should be seared into your mind but instead they're forgotten because everything around them is so bland it's a film where so much is happening yet nothing is happening and yeah i don't want to waste too much more fucking oxygen on it because it's just shit like, I feel bad for people that put time and effort into this, but like, man, the fact this made $47 million or whatever is baffling. The fact it got made is baffling. And it was a terrible viewing experience, even though it's so short. The fact they had to pad it out with a blooper section that lasts 10 minutes and a book at the start that lasts five minutes is just pure craziness. And <laughs> I feel like you should write to your local MP about getting the £2.49 back that you spent on renting it. Like, is that bad? What do you think? Oh, this is like the worst 
Not only the worst film I've seen for this podcast, the worst film I've ever seen in my life. Not even fun to to watch on a, that level. It's just horrible. It's so bad. It made me age about 10 years. I was so, so miserable watching it. So miserable. Do not watch this film alone. Whilst just don't watch it. Uh, let me go through the big elements. Do not watch this film when you've got two days left at work. You're leaving the country in five days. <laughs> you have not packed up. You've not packed or bought the kit list for going abroad. And you're just stressed anyway. Do not then watch this film at 11 o'clock at night on no sleep the night before. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have a fucking miserable time. This is the most miserable, nauseating, ugly terrible terrible piece of shit film i hated it it made me feel sick dana carvey i'm sure has done some other good work in other areas and i'm sure has done some level of good contribution to comedy so i don't want to be too horrible but this is fucking terrible this is the bottom of the pit and i want to die It is a shit stain on like the existence of everyone involved. I'm sorry for all of you. Jesus. There you go. Didn't mince our words there. It is obvious this is a cow pie (laughs) of a film. (laughs) It's a lump of of shit. (laughs) Well, to keep things moving swiftly on, should we play a little Sandler game? Yes, please. I think you're going to like this. The game is called Songs of Disguise. (laughs) I had a big feeling that songs were going to be a big theme in this episode, and thank God I predicted that correctly. So what I've done is I've got a selection of lyrics. Some of them are fake ones that I've made up. Some of them are real. They're either from songs in this film or songs in other films that we've covered for the podcast, okay? If you think one's real, you tell me where you think it's from. It doesn't have to be the exact song title or whatever, just what film you think it's in. But otherwise, it's either real or fake. Should we get going? Yeah, let's get going. All right, first one. He's got every wig at parties he will jig. I mean, uh, it sounds like a lyric that would be in M-A-S-T-E-R part two, a song I've listened to about 10 times today. I'm going to say that. I think it's from this film. I'm sorry, it's fake. Is that fake? Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the next one. Um, Let me tell you a little story about the guy behind the mask. For you to get crunk, he'd have to change fast. Crunk? Oh. Crazy drunk. Crunk. <laughs> Never heard that before. Uh, yeah, I have, but not in song form. So it's some man behind the mask. Sorry, for this game, does it? could it just be like a real song, but not, not related to anything? No, nah, no, nah, the ones that are real are all in these films. So they're all from this film or from these films in general? Mm-hmm. I think this is from Master of Disguise. Yep, you're correct. That is a real one from Master of Disguise. Hell yeah. Like in The Sopranos, it's Bada Bing. You're my queen and I am king. My favourite dynasty is Ming and you are my zing. Gotta be Hotel Transylvania 3. Is that what you reckon it's from? Or, or like one of the Hotel Transylvania films. Uh, two or three, maybe. Oh, they're the established thing in the first one. I don't know. Hotel Transylvania 2. So you think that's a real song? Yes. All right. Uh, that was fake. I made that one up. Fuck's sake. 
Oh, I'm doing terrible. Also, look at this. I was just like looking at myself. I was just looking in the fucking camera and I saw this horrible, fucking bruise. disgusting bruise. <laughs> like, what's happened to me? I'm, I had a blood test like the other day. It looks like I've been shooting up heroin. Oh, God. All right, next one. Um, so, so far, you've got one right and two wrong. The next yeah. one is My bell went ding and now I want to sing. Girl, you are my zing and I want to give you my thing. That's gotta be fake. That's gotta be fake. Like you can't be like saying, "I want to give you my thing." You're my zing in a children's Sony picture animation film. You don't think? I'm saying, I... it's real. It's from Hotel Transylvania too. No, that was fake. I made that one up. Oh, so far, you've got one right and three wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one. Um, it was a thing called a zing, and I wanted to sing and listen to ballads of the man named Sting. Fake. <laughs> They're no, all one, fake, aren't they? That one's real. That's from the song God. The Zing from Oto Transylvania. <laughs> so that's another one you got wrong. This guy do love them big butts. Don't eat wieners and them small nuts. See, that's again about pistachio disguisey um, because he likes big, big bummed women. Um, there was yeah. that bit at the party, wasn't there, where he had the plate of food. Do you remember he was saying that it had small nuts and small wieners or something? I don't remember. Um, I'm trying to block out this film from my memory already. I'm going to say that's a fake one that you made up. Yeah, you're correct. Well done. Hell sort yeah. of through my ruse. You justifying it made me sick, and I knew that you were lying. <laughs> <laughs> like you'd remember anything from this to that level. All right. Um, she a big booty baddie. He screams, who's your daddy? I'm saying that's real, man. No, that's fake. Thank God. She a big booty baddie. That's, this film's a PG. <laughs> the, is this film's a PG? It has like a fucking brown face and, and they yeah, have true. loads of big big bottomed ladies. Yeah, but you got to think it didn't have the series of headbutts. They removed <laughs> them. <laughs> I wonder what point there was the series of headbutts. I don't know. And when the lightning struck him, he let out a wicked yell, but we turned up the volume and ignored the burning smell. Oh, did you say that again? And when the lightning struck him, he let out a wicked loud yell, but we just turned up the volume and ignored the burning smell. Oh, yeah, I know this one. This is from a song I was listening to today. <laughs> <laughs> Eight Crazy Nights. This is the bum biddy biddy yep. biddy bum bum. <laughs> and when it, he's and then we saw Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> we made him <laughs> fuck his mum. <laughs> oh, oh, what a that's good not film. Why um, is that in the yeah, That should be in the castle. Oh, it is a good film, isn't it? It's really good. He's the master of disguise. He don't tell no lies. It's real. Nice no, fake. Say you're quite good at these <laughs> lyrics, man. Are you sure you're not one of the members of Vitamin C? <laughs> <laughs> Me and the C boys go way back. True to the game, but not for a fizzane. So come, everybody, let's scream his name. Could you say that again, please? Do you want me to say it slower? Yes. I was rapping it fast, like Eminem. True to the game, but not for a fizzane. So come, everybody, let's scream his name. Fizane's come up as a spelling error, so I don't know. Fizane? Fizane? I don't know. <laughs> oh, so it came up as a spelling error, which means that you've had to copy and paste it from a lyric website. So I think this is true. 
No, it's fake. I came up with the word. Is it? <laughs> no, I'm joking. It is real. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> What's that from? Um, that's from The Master of Disguise. Oh, God. Another I think one. the same song. I think I've done more from the ones that are real are all from that M-A-S-T-E-R one, I think. Mm. Oh, garbage dump. Oh, garbage dump. Why are you called a garbage dump? That's real. Yeah, from where? I don't know. <laughs> from, from probably some fucking bullshit film. Uh, is it from SNL? Uh, I don't think he was on SNL when he sang this. It's um, Charles Manson's Garbage Dump. <laughs> Got he? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I finally oh, succumbed to your shit like... running joke of Charles Manson. <laughs> Yeah, so if anyone for some reason is listening to this, this is the first episode you've ever listened to for weeks, but at the time of recording, maybe like two weeks. Two days. But for, for months. <laughs> and the episode way, I keep adding Charles Manson stuff to, <laughs> to these games. And you keep saying you don't like it, and now you've just done it, and I'm really happy. So, right, the last one that I've got here, I think, yeah, this is my last one, real or fake. A sucker for love. Look at him getting his rub. Is he a virgin? In fact, headed for the tub. Real. Yeah, from where? Uh, it's what he's a virgin. He's going to get his rub. I hope it's not from Master of Disguise. Although, <laughs> this children's film. Uh, I don't know. That was real. You were correct there. It's from the song Grandma's Boy Ye by... Cool Keith, whoever it is. Is that song on Spotify? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. Grandma's boy. Grandma's boy. (laughs) Because, I mean, I've got, uh, if you go on uh, Spotify, I've got a playlist called The Sandler Pit Tunes. Oh, you're going to add all these Master of Disguise ones into it? I already have. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. What's it fucking called? What's Little Keith? What was his name? Cool Keith, I think it was. Nah, it's not on Spotify. How annoying. That's a shame because it is a hell of a song, isn't it? Neither is Master of Disguise by Vitamin C. So it's like, what's the point? All right. Well, there you have it. Master of Disguise has not managed to disguise itself as a good film. It is evidently very crap. And we've chucked it into the Sandler pit where it will rot for the rest of its days sitting next to Shecky Moskowitz on his little cruise. Hell yeah. It's a shame. Um, so what are we going to be doing next time? Uh, so at the time that this episode comes out, this will be coming out on April 27th. Um, I finish my project April 25th, and I think I'm back like the end of April. So we don't know what we'll be doing. We'll be doing something, probably. In that time, there will have been one new Happy Madison film, I think. Hopefully we'll have loads of new news. We'll come in, we'll be relevant again. Yeah, our, I think references won't be stuck in January because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we've kind of crammed a lot of recordings in early January just before I leave. Mm-hmm. So we have content up until I get back, which is four months. So it's ridiculous that we're we're this far in advance at this point. Um, we have done half the amount of episodes as we usually would. But that is true. When the recordings are two and a half hours long, I feel like <laughs> it's fair enough, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, longer, more packed episodes, but less regularly i guess so this will be our last one that we record for a long time yeah Yeah. gonna take a well-earned break from it yeah but it's gonna we've 
really, if we're giving a peek behind the curtain, as you love to say, like, we still have one episode to record that's going to have already gone out by the time people are hearing this. But like, yeah, I was trying to keep the magic alive. (laughs) What we're doing here. It's a confusing web. So for you, the listeners, there's no difference. You'll get another episode in two weeks, probably of of some kind. But for us, it's going to be very rusty and very bad. And I don't even know where I'll be living. I'll probably be living in my grandma's house like grandma's boy. (laughs) (laughs) Grandma's boy. Yeah, God knows. But it'll be fun. It'll be nice to get an update that hopefully you've survived and that Costa Rica was accurately I might have died. Yeah, we'll find out how accurate the end of Master of Disguise was as well. This is Luke Terry from the future beaming in. I regret to inform you that Luke Thomas is no longer with us. He's still in Costa Rica. The fucking prick. As far as I'm aware, he's up to some sort of gross scheme like he usually is. Probably, I don't know, stalking some women around the islands or dealing with a court case after he parked his like illegal motorbike on someone's driveway or something. Either way, I've heard from him a few times and he's told me some great stuff. Uh, he's now a bald boy, so you can look forward to hearing loads of jokes about his round bald head in our next few episodes. But yeah, we're planning to record, I think, three episodes in one day and we're going to record those in person when he does get back. But we probably won't be releasing them until, I don't know, some point later in May. So it won't be for a while. I'm hoping when he comes back, he'll have a deeper understanding of the world and that he'll be able to like edit podcasts by that point so I don't have to do it all because... Getting really fed up of it, you know, while he's gallivanting off around Costa Rica, tanning his new bald head, drinking pina coladas and, I don't know, digging holes or something. I'm I'm fucked off with it. But anyway, back to us in the past. So you'll know what our next episode is when you log in to your podcast app and you see it. Yeah. And whilst you're logged into your podcast app, be it Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can also give us a little review. It really helps mm. us out. Yeah, cheeky, lovely little review. If not, in the meantime, you can check out our socials at The Sound of the Pit. That's on Instagram, Twitter. We're also on Facebook, but we never post. But um, never post. Pop over there and, you know, you might get to see a s- sneaky snap of whatever Luke Thomas is up to in the jungles. <laughs> If I have any signal, which I don't even know if I will. Um, and also you can email us thesandlipit at gmail.com if you want to uh, send us hate mail that this film's actually really great yeah. from Dana Carvey at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. Thank you to Joe Tyrone for his music. It's absolutely lovely stuff. Yeah. We really appreciate it. And and thank you for filling in last week for whatever you did. Did I don't you know at this time if you did it. <laughs> But I can't imagine you. I don't can't imagine anyone releasing what we recorded for Grown Ups Two without some sort of other thing. You can't do that. You can't. No one will listen to our Master of Disguise episode if I release that episode in the current state. That it's in. Uh, good stuff. Uh, thank you to what else do I do? Thank you, Luke Terry, for editing together all these episodes and keeping the podcast afloat for the last four months. <laughs> Very appreciated. Very thankless job, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you Luke Thomas for your artwork cannot wait to see your pictures of Garth from Wayne's World dressed as a Indian snake charmer 
I'm not doing that. I've already drawn him as a turtle already before we even recorded this. I'm not drawing him in brown face. I don't even know what to do for the alternate. I fucking hated this film. What should I do for it? Fucking nice. I might just draw nothing. (laughs) Just a blank piece of paper. Draw a cow shit. Hi, it's me. I'm back again from the future. Yeah, he literally did just draw nothing. This is the sort of thing I have to deal with. And he didn't bother telling me until literally just now, a day before I'm releasing the episode. This fucking guy. Don't be surprised if Joe Tyrone becomes a full-time member of the Sandler Pit instead of Luke Thomas. Uh, so yeah, come back next time where we'll be watching something. And until then, it's been a very happy Sandler buy from me and a very happy Sandler buy from him. This cat has claws, me likey. What's that from? Is this from this? It's from the Master of Disguise, yeah. Oh. He's the M-A-S-T-E-R of Disguise. Watch him your eyes.